0: All sports, all the time.
1: There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die.
2: This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Woodwell. Man, that kid, he can ball. man. he can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Packed with freaking Mahomes, baby. Now uh, let's talk some sports because that's what we're here to do. To the spoken. The spoken. This is the spoken podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here with my guys, Eddie Ortiz, yo,
1: yo, yo. Trevor Twidwell. What's up, guys?
2: Here in the Casey Beard Coast studios. We're very excited to get this show off uh, off the ground tonight. We have a fun, filled, packed show tonight for you guys. We have several topics. I think we even had to turn away a few topics tonight because there's been a lot of news in the world of sports, not just locally, but nationally. And as you guys know, we don't just talk local, we obviously talk a lot of national as well. And we have a lot of national stuff to talk about this week because, if you've missed it, there's a lot going on uh, in the NBA, the NFL, uh, even the MLB, which we will try to get to some MLB. But more than likely, we're going to talk about the NBA and some local Chiefs football. So this is going to be a tough topic for me because of the fact that Trevor and I, um, obviously, we're brothers. We grew up together. We're only 14 months apart, so everything we did, we did together, and and we enjoyed the sports landscape together. We usually liked all the same players, same teams for the most part. And when it comes to the NBA, I think that most people would agree that it's a star-driven league. It's always been a star-driven league, and no matter if you're a fan of a particular team, uh, if you have a favorite player, there's always these players from – from random teams, from random parts of the of the NBA that you admire and you respect and you enjoy watching. Yep. Two of those guys go by the name of Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki. And as ironic as it is, um, this despite the fact that one played over 20 years and one hasn't reached 20 years, they're both retiring at the exact same time and they both went out in epi- epic fashion. Uh, but not only that, they went out in a way that was extremely respected Um, Every player in the NBA, from what we've heard, loves these guys, former and present. And it's just, it's really hard to let go. And I'm, I'm just being real because as an NBA fan, they're the type of guys that you would consider ambassadors of the game. And I'm not just talking about the NBA, I'm talking about basketball in itself. And losing two guys like this at the same time is really hard to accept because it also reminds me that I'm getting old. And I never thought that this day would come when I'd see guys that I have watched their entire career hang it up. So it's a, it's a really unique chapter for myself and I'm sure Trevor and I'm sure you too Eddie where you start to see and I'm sure Eddie you can relate to this in soccer when you start to see guys that you've admired and loved since you were a child it's depressing man cuz it, yeah. it,
0: it's something you don't you don't grow up to believe you know what I mean like it's something you you grow up watching these players and you're like man like I believe they're going to play all my like in my entire life yeah. and then that day comes to where they have to retire because they can no longer keep up with the game yep. and it's depressing, man. To be honest with you, like there's uh, when my favorite soccer player, for instance, when he retired, I, I'm not gonna lie, I did cry a little bit because the emotion and all the the happiness and all that stuff You're that he brought, yeah, yeah, you get attached sure. to these players. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: So like, I, I it, it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It, it's hard to accept. Like I said, because of the fact, like you don't want to let go of the memories, but more than anything, you you feel like. It went by so quickly, you know, and, and I don't want to get too sad because I I, we're going to have a great time. Tonight. We're going to talk about some fun stuff and obviously hold this L is coming. Uh, we <laughs> have a lot of, like I said, a lot of topics to come down to you guys. Um, but I wanted to start the show off with that, that uh, I know those guys are never going to hear this podcast, but I, I really want to give a shout out to you them. Never, and You never know. You never know. You're right. But regardless of whether they ever hear this or not, I wanted to, I wanted to be the first to voice it on this podcast and say I'm, I'm very lucky. I consider myself very fortunate. That I had the golden opportunity to watch these two all-time great players play their entire yep. career. Dirk Nowitzki, most people didn't even know who this guy was coming into the, the league. The dude
1: changed the game. He changed the game. Absolutely changed right. the game. Not just being a European player, but the being the really the first guy to implement a spread five, spread four type of player. Because before him, really bigs weren't stepping out and draining threes like that. Right. I mean, there was right you know random guys that had a decent shot, mid-range jumper but Dirk was doing step backs from 30 feet in like ridiculous range, you know, and he was, he brought a whole, and he's the one that inspired KD, you know, he inspired KD to, to obviously KD's got way more of an arsenal, but just to, you know, be that influence on the future of a lot of players that, you know, guys like him and Manu, I and mean, let's not leave Manu out of this too, man. Manu was one of my favorite players growing up. I love that guy too. So he's in this mix as well with these guys, um, all hall of famers in my mind. So yeah, it's, they're, yeah, it's it's crazy, man. It's D Wade for sure, and, a, it,
2: and it goes deeper than than just the game of basketball too. Because like I said, these guys are incredible people. Uh, yeah. Dirk Nowitzki is an extremely humble person. Humble. Both of them are humble. You know, yeah. When he was at his peak and they beat the Heat in 2011, you know, one of the he, greatest he runs he se- ever. Yeah, he seemed unstoppable. Like there was nothing you could do to stop his little fadeaway jump shot. Like yep. he was unstoppable. And to watch that, like you said, he changed the game. That we've seen Absolutely so many so game. many different players, even like Carl Anthony Towns, like guys that I didn't think took Dirk as like their ultimate inspiration said, I wouldn't be the player I am if it was not for Dirk. To be. Well, I mean
1: that speaks volumes Yeah, and too leading up to, you know, a lot of Europe, there's we've seen a lot of Euro players come and go before him too. And they always had the, you know, the reputation of being soft or, you know, guys that would just complain too much. You know, because they had the kind of that, that soccer mentality. Cause you know, yeah. in soccer there's a lot of theatrics. But Dirk was never that guy. Dirk was always he would take an elbow to the chin, just walk down the court, no, no complaints, no big deal. You know, and then then drain a forty-five foot shot in your face in the buzzer. You know, it's just one of those guys that it was just in the you no know, D is just an absolute class act, true champion. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird not having these guys around, but I mean at the same time, it was kind of a slow burn with both of them. We kind of both knew, you know they were on their way out. Yeah, we always, so uh, come in. it yeah. wasn't like they're both in their prime and all of a sudden they're cut short. No, but at right the same right. time, man, it, and it is careers, It um, is going to be weird not seeing two land, you know, yeah. landmark type players. I
2: will say my favorite thing about Dwayne Wade, because now that I've, I've kind of glossed over Dirk Nowitzki as a person and as a player, uh, what I loved about Dwayne Wade the most was the fact he was such a willing uh, superstar. Yeah, he's a willing superstar. Yeah. He was willing to give LeBron James the keys to take the, the back seat. He'd had, he had already yeah. won a championship and a NF, an NBA MVP or a finals MVP in Miami. And LeBron goes there, takes over because Dwayne Wade realized if I can get this guy here, yeah. we're going to win multiple championships. That's exactly what they – they should have probably won more, but they were at four straight. So they had an extremely successful run together, and it was because of Dwayne Wade's willingness, even more than so LeBron James' ability, because if Dwayne Wade wasn't willing to hand that over, it would have never happened. Yeah, That was the whole thing LeBron said is why he struggled in that 2011 series against the Mavs was because of the fact that he did not know his place yet on that team, and Dwayne Wade told him going into that next year – This is your team. I'm here to help you. You're the best player in the world. What ended up happening? They won back-to-back championships. LeBron went back-to-back NBA finals. So that's the point. It would not have happened if it wasn't for Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade was an absolute pivotal player as to why LeBron James has a legacy that he has. Well, and
1: two, I think around that time, especially after their first run, obviously they failed. But I think D. Wade kind of knew his body was starting to kind of fail him. And, he, and that kind of helped, I think, him take a back seat because he knew LeBron was just, at that time, LeBron was just an absolute. We'd never seen anything like that mm. on both sides of the court. I mean, he was, he should have been defensive player of the year, too, a couple of those years. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that played a big factor, too, in, 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 in D Wade. Not only was his character in the right place, he's definitely a class act. Um, but yeah, his knees and everything starting to fail him, it kind of probably helped.
2: Yeah. You know, and and, and Dirk Nowitzki well. now sits, I think, at fifth all time in scoring. Which is unbelievable. Yeah, and Dwayne Wade finishes his career despite an injury riddled career. He's had a lot of injuries throughout his career. He finishes thirtieth, so that's high praise to well, both these guys. And
1: I think he's the all time leader in blocks and in the shooting in the shooting guard position. So I mean, the guy is elite on both you ends. Can,
2: you can make the case that we've never seen a better shooting guard outside of Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. You yeah. could le- you could legitimately say that Dwayne because Dwayne Wade
1: could score. Paul Pierce, bro, I'm just kidding.
2: Yeah, you <laughs> can get the. Sh- I mean, I love Paul. Paul, Paul is oh, an yeah, absolute yeah. jackass for even starting that argument. We don't yeah. even uh-huh. need to get uh-huh. into that. Paul Pierce was
1: an absolute dog, bro. But yeah, Paul Pierce was, but yes. you know that
2: you guys do know that Dwayne Wade could play next season, not score a single yeah. point all 82 games, and still I have a higher, career, yeah, a higher career scoring right. average than Paul, Paul Pierce. Gets get the fuck out of here with that. But <laughs> the, the point is, is that the, uh, we are we witnessed in two incredible players we're losing two incredible players and the game will never be the same because of those two guys. So my hat is off to them. Thank you so much for, for yeah, giving me for sure. so much enjoyment watching you two guys. Um, and, and moving further into this, uh, NBA discussion, because I'm, I love talking NBA. I, I could do an entire podcast talking NBA. Trevor and I both could do that. Yep. Yes, we can. Um, moving into <laughs> some of the dramatics of basketball. Um, obviously the, the talking point, the hottest topping point, talking point in the NBA is the Lakers, uh, this week, uh, abruptly, uh, Lakers GM or Lakers president Magic Johnson uh decided to step down told uh, the, the the media that he was done and that was a decision he made without telling the the owner Genie Buss that's what he was going to do because he was tired of you know where he was at as as far as the as as far as the president as far as not having fun and when I when I heard the news What did I do, guys? I texted both of you and I said, this is the best move for Magic Johnson. This is the best move for the Lakers because I believe Magic Johnson is a very good person. I believe Magic Johnson has a great heart and he loves people. And I think it's to the point that he loves people so much that he likes being loved back. And I think he was afraid that if I continue to go down the path I'm going right now and I'm not doing my job to the best of my abilities, I'm going to start being hated in this town because if you think about it, think about how hard it is For a city like L.A., you have L.A. and New York, the two biggest sports markets in our country. Do you realize how hard it is to be universally loved in a city like that? Magic Johnson and Derek Jeter are two guys that were universally loved in the two biggest sports. You cannot say that about literally anybody else. Even Kobe has people in L.A. and Laker fans that did not like Kobe. I know them personally. So my point is to be universally liked, that meant something to Magic. And I think he realized being in his time as the president, the Lakers were winning barely forty four percent of their games. He was not doing his job. He traded D'Angelo Russell. He went and signed Lou Deng yeah. and Tim Faye Mozgov to ridiculously stupid yeah, contracts. rid of Brooke
1: Lopez. I think that was the yeah, worst move that he, was the worst move. He, he
2: traded Zubach, and the, the Clippers yeah. literally laughed at for him.
1: Mascala. So,
2: yeah, exactly. So, right. so he, I think Magic Johnson realized I'm not good at this job, and I do not want to hurt this franchise anymore. So he stepped down, and I think that's the best thing that could happen for the Lakers because now they can go get themselves a David Griffin yeah. for Man. LeBron James. Because because that's something that would make a lot of sense. You go get Ty Ty Lu yep. and segueing into that, Luke Walton has been officially let go today. He said he reported that he has parted ways with the LA Lakers. That's another thing I think is best for both parties because I think Luke Walton could be a decent coach in this NBA. I don't think he'll ever be a great coach, but I think he's good enough to go get another job. And I think that Trevor, you and I talked earlier today. I think
1: it's going to be the Kings. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, man. Honestly, uh, I don't want him as my head coach. I think he's a. I think he's a great staff guy. I think he's a great assistant coach. Cause I think he's a, a extremely high IQ IQ guy. I think he's a smart guy. I mean, he's been around basketball since he could, you know, speak, you know, you know, being, you know, who is, who is, his dad is and everything. But me being a diehard Kings fan, man, it's I don't want, I really don't want him as my head coach. Cause I feel like we're going, cause we, we just fired Dave Yeager, who I thought as a person, I loved his attitude towards the game, but he just was not good at closing games. We had so, we should have been in the playoffs this year, playing it simple. We have too good of a team. We played well this year. We had a couple injuries but as far as coaching it, it, i feel like dave yeager and, and 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 um luke walton are damn near identical as far as their coaching styles they're not aggressive enough when it comes down to the you know closing out games and you know finishing tight games or holding a lead you know those are the things that we struggle with so yeah to be honest I, as a king's fan, yeah, I, I really hope they don't sign him but supposedly what i from one of her on the um, uh Vladi Divac has Luke Walton on the top of his list. I don't know if that was a ploy to like mess with the Lakers, but I, Vladi I, Divac has kind of shown it to be a little, you know,
2: I'm going to be honest with yeah, you. I know I, I know, know Vladi just got his uh, extension.
1: He's made some good draft picks, so I'll give, I'll give him that. Dearn he's Throx, drafted very I'll well. I'll give
2: him some of these. He's been awful with with his decisions
1: when it comes to, right. to brass. With, with I think in-house. moves. Yeah, I think Jaeger yeah.
2: was a really good coach, and he, they yeah. they won. I think what twelve more games this year yes. than last year. Last the
1: year. most we have in the last ten years, I think.
2: The only thing I will say, the knock on Jaeger is the fact that I think the Kings should have made the playoffs this year. Yes, they were in position to be in the eight spot Dude, we or lost seven him, spot. Okay, they, we,
1: we got swept by the Warriors this year by a combined twelve points. Right. So, I mean, we're in every single one of those games, man.
2: And to, and to bring it to, it's bring frustrating. It, to bring it back to Luke Walton, um, you know, everyone talks about, you know, uh, was he, is he a good coach? Is he a good coach or not? That's the question. I, I don't know because, you know, obviously we saw when he was with the Warriors, when Steve Kerr was out for, you know, I think two or three months. Right. You know, I think they went 39 and four with, uh, yeah. Luke Walton. So, so I understand. I, yeah. I'm not saying he anybody can do that with the Warriors. My point is, I don't really know how good Luke Walton is with uh, 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 getting his team motivated, getting his team to want to win games, getting his team uh, uh, in the, in the right position. X's and O's. I don't know if Luke Walton is necessarily good at that stuff. So right. that's the question I'm going to have as far as his next suitor. Uh, as far as the Lakers is concerned, when it comes to their next player when it comes or their next coach, when it comes to the guy they're going to bring in, it has to be a guy that LeBron James wants. And I'm not saying that isn't LeBron's going to control the Lakers. I don't believe that's the case. It never has been. I've right. always hated when people say LeBron controls his teams. That's not true at all. But you have to get a guy that LeBron respects, and that is Ty Lu. And not just they that, not Ty just Lube. that,
1: another, you know, a coach that, other players respect the other superstars respect and that's what Kyrie comes right into this picture because we all know that Kyrie respects Tyloo and has won a championship with Tyloo so what did, know, look, what did I tell you what no, no, I tell you a week ago I said sense. Kyrie
2: is going to the he's giving so them so a saying, visit for Kyrie sure actually
0: uh Share a locker room with uh, LeBron James? Of,
2: absolutely. They, they won they, a
0: championship they've, together. they kissed
1: him made up, though. They
2: absolutely right. have. No, because you've actually heard Kyrie come out numerous yeah. times yeah, yeah. And, and say, he admitted he was wrong and yes. all that
0: stuff and talked to LeBron, apologized.
1: They've squashed it. And I'm uh, telling yeah. you
2: right now, I fully expect Kyrie Irving is going to be one of the players, well, on and whether Anthony Davis gets there or not. I know they've been talking. Jeannie Buss has been talking about Kawhi well, Leonard as yeah. their well, number one. No, not just,
1: there. yeah. I mean, and then, you know, Rick Bucher came out and, you know, one of the main guys out there in the Bay Area or the Bay Area, the Los Angeles area, talking about. Kawhi being the number one target, which I mean, I'm all for that. If you can get LeBron and Kawhi in the same team, and then they it, would be seamless. Yeah, seamless because he plays off the ball. LeBron is on the ball. And LeBron Kawhi, can play his Kawhi system. Kawhi is not
2: a good passer. Right, he's he, an incredible defender. But, but he, was, they complement each other's game so well. And his jump
1: shot has been improving like every year. Every year, so, I mean.
0: he's a great defender. But I was what I was telling uh Trevor right before we got we got started. Do you think Kawhi can stay healthy enough to?
1: To to finish the season. That's a question. That's a question with Kawhi as well, or not Kawhi, Kyrie as well, because Kyrie's been banged up a lot too. But are the Lakers? It's because honestly, though, I think a lot of the injuries with Kawhi and Kyrie is because of their usage. Their usage is is, their usage is going to be as high with LeBron because LeBron takes a lot of the brunt of the the you know the load, playing you know being the on ball guy, being the distributor guy. And furthermore, to that
2: point. Here's the other thing that these two guys I think would crave, absolutely crave, and why I don't believe this bullshit that Kawhi Leonard doesn't want to play with LeBron James or that Kyrie wouldn't want to reunite.
1: They're friends, right?
2: Not just that. Those guys don't like the media. Neither one of those guys like talking LeBron to will the take media. All the, yeah. Why do you think Kawhi feels so comfortable in Toronto? Because no one cares about Toronto. <laughs> he's so he's you gone, can, dude. I can see why Curry doesn't
0: like the media because with all the flat Earth shit. <laughs> well,
2: <that's, laughs> that that was self inflicted though. My yeah. point is this. My point is this. Kyrie stepped out from under the umbrella of LeBron James, became his own man in Boston, and got criticized for everything he said, good and bad. He realized. I had it so good in Cleveland. I could have just stayed. Oh, he, he, yeah. He
1: quickly changed his tone, and and it was humbled by being. In Boston. I could have just
2: stayed. Yeah, I could have just stayed yeah. in, in the comfort zone of a being dummy, man Lebron's guy. Yeah. So I think there's an opportunity, a golden opportunity for a reuniting. And Kawhi Leonard knows he can be living in L. A. Where he's from, that area yeah. he's from. He's still in his prime. He can play alongside Lebron and Kyrie Irving. I think if that happens, man, they are the. I, I would pick them to win the championship. Yes, especially
1: especially if KD leaves. I, okay. That's okay. going to happen. If KD goes east; the if, whole west is Kevin open. Kevin Durant
2: is absolutely leaving yeah. the Warriors, and it's not because the the situation's not good. The situation's great. Yeah. The point is that Kevin Durant realized he's a very sub self conscious person. Mm. He knows I have to go and make my own legacy because even though he's won two soon to be three championships in Golden State, mm. he will never be the guy. And ironic is ironic enough. Even though even though they're going to look back and say that was Steph's team, Kevin Durant has won the two MVPs to this point. And yeah. since he's been with the Golden State Warriors, he's been the MVP. But if you ask any Warriors fan who's the most valuable player on those teams, he, no one's saying Kevin Durant. It's Curry. Everyone's saying Ke- Steph Curry. Well, we've and seen I, that. We've seen that, I, that one. When, yeah, we've we, seen that. We, we've seen it. You know yep. what I mean? Like, we, Even if you're not a Warriors fan,
0: you know that is not KD's team. That is all Curry's team. All Curry right.
1: is the face. He's the franchise. Well, yeah. he's yeah. We we just seen when 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 KD's out, the team is still balling out and winning games. But we seen when Curry was out, they missed they, were strong, they missed like, that because teams can can zone in on KD, and then you know, I mean, I'm not saying Clay Thompson isn't a baller, but you can you can you can keep him yeah, he if struggling. if his shots off. You just got to worry about him on the other side to playing great defense because he's a solid defender. But yeah, KD is. Steph Curry is definitely the MVP of that team still, and it's not even a question. It's shown. It's proven. So I think the best player is KD, but the most valuable player is definitely Steph Curry. There's no question. Yeah.
2: I think that, yes, Kevin Durant is one of the three to five best players in the NBA. Absolutely. And you have to look at it like this. He realizes that. He knows that I need to go make my own legacy. Because even in OKC, a lot of people didn't know who was the most valuable player. It was was it yeah. is it Russ? Yeah, I is mean, it KD? We don't definitely know in question. And so he has never really felt like he is the man. So I think if he goes to New York, regardless if they get another superstar, you're looking at, Le- uh, at Kevin Durant trying to reconfigure his image. Because if he goes to New York, no one can criticize him and say, Oh, you're a snake and you went to another great team. Yeah,
1: but I mean at the same time, you better win. I think he, we he's all know. Gotta win, dude. I think
2: we all know when he goes to New York, he's not winning another thing. How? New York is the worthless. Yeah, New yeah. York is the worst organization. The Knicks are the worst organization in basketball, and the Cavs still exist. Yeah, but do you think that's that, how you, bad they do? Do you are?
1: think that he, him, his motivation to going there is to like create a huge um, notch on his legacy to go to be the guy that went to, to the Knicks and revised the Knicks and brought him back from the dead and changed them and, you know, maybe brought him into a finals appearance but, at least? It, well, that would be a huge deal for his legacy. But I mean, you got, if he's going to go out on a limb and go east and then go to the Knicks, one of the worst franchises in recent history for a while now, do you, I mean, he's going to, in his mind, that you would think he would want to be in a, a winning situation.
2: Yeah, that's the point, though. I said that he is in the best situation right now, right. and we all know he's leaving. So clearly the fact that he's still leaving the best situation in the NBA tells me yeah. that winning isn't what is most important to Kevin Durant now. It was That's why he went to Golden State in the first exactly. place because he wanted to win. Now that he's done his thing, he's going to have three rings going into his next situation. He's now trying to become mogul because he wants to be LeBron James so badly. He knows I am going to have the same amount of rings as LeBron James now. Now I can turn into a mogul. I can become the marketing Think about it. Where's the number one marketing place in the entire world or entire country? It's New York. So he's going to go to that. Now, here's the problem for Kevin Durant. I think it's going to blow up in his face. That is what comes with that is the media. And he is so sensitive. He could not handle OKC's media. He couldn't stand LA's media or I'm sorry, Golden State's media, which is in in the San Francisco. Francisco area, which is not really that tough on you. Let's be honest. And then you're gonna go to the number one. So I don't think it's gonna work out for Kevin Durant as far as success is concerned. But as far as mogul stage where he yeah. actually becomes a brand, I do think it can actually work it out.
1: It depends. There. I mean, it depends on obviously we're we're counting on New York to make some smart moves here. Which you they know, if they draft well, you know, because they're gonna have a high draft pick, we'll see who gets the first and second. Um, but two, maybe if they get a Kimba or you know uh, Chris Middleton, but I think Chris Middleton staying staying in Milwaukee, who I think is a solid two player. Um, if you give him a good, you know Robin to his Batman, you know I think he could he could definitely make some noise in the East though.
0: Can can D, can, can KD pull those players out like LeBron can?
1: Like probably hand, not. He's like not he's not, pick the
0: ones you he want. He's not
1: really. I mean, when have you ever heard players like Oh, I want to go play with KD? You don't ever hear exactly. stuff like that. So, so um, how? how- I know him and Kyrie are cool, and there's been a lot of noise. early. Earlier, there was a lot of noise about both them going to the Knicks. Yeah. But I, with the, the traction with Kyrie going to L.A. has actually been picking up a lot lately because we didn't hear anything about him visiting L.A., and now all of a sudden he's visiting L.A. So, I mean, that definitely uh, – but- Throws a wrench and everything that we thought about them going to New York, but we'll see, man. I don't know. He doesn't need many pieces to be successful in the East right now, especially if Kawhi walks and goes to LA. I mean, the East is kind of up for grabs Kawhi is besides not, the Sixers. Kawhi is, not,
2: Kawhi is not staying in Toronto. Oh,
1: no, no, no. no. That's what I'm saying. He's, He's gone. Not, so yes. if Katie goes over there, it's really perfect timing for him Kawhi, to make some noise. Kawhi is
2: either going to be a Laker or a Clipper.
1: He's got to deal with the honest. That's see, about the it. The thing
2: about, though, for me, and we're going to get out of the segment right after this. Uh, Kawhi, for me, if he goes to the Clippers, I think they become a contender. But if you go to the Lakers, you become an actual favorite
1: possible dynasty for a few years. Exactly. So so
2: that's why I think Kawhi is going to realize, look, I, I might not like some of the scrutiny that comes with it, but that go, that's going to come anywhere. And if you're trying to win championships, scrutiny, is going to follow you and you want to put yourself in the best position for me, unless you find a way to land on golden state's roster, you need to go to the Lakers and play with LeBron James and Kyrie. Cause I'm calling it out. Kyrie is going to be a Laker. Yeah. It's going to happen. I don't know about Anthony Davis. They may not be able to trade for him now, but I do think that Anthony I mean, Davis wants to go to Lake. The Los Angeles how sweet Lakers, would it be
1: though to see LeBron Kyrie and, and, and Ty Lou, win championships with two different franchises. That would be uh, amazing. Hell, that would that, that, have never happened before. That would be never happened before. So that's just that would be incredible, man. We,
2: we can go on this forever. Yeah, I yeah. love talking NBA, and there's a lot coming on. Actually, uh, towards the end of the show, we're going to give our uh, official uh, finals predictions and who we see playing, how long it's going to go, um, and then we're going to give our MVP and Rookie of the Year as well. But in our next segment, we're bringing it back home. Yeah. We're coming back to the Chiefs. There has been a, um, how would I say, a really ridiculously hot take that I'd like to uh, diffuse really quick tonight. In regards to, uh, it's a funny one. Too. Put him in a coffin. In regards to one Travis Kelsey and the potential of him being traded, we'll get back to that after this. Located in the historic Westport District, Modern Man Supply Company is your Kansas City's new home for men's retail. From apparel to pomade and home goods to beard care, they offer a wide range of men's products from independent companies from around the world. Follow them at Modern Man Supply Company on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Casey Hardgoods is the brainchild of local Kansas City degenerate Scott Reinerson. Born from a passion of old materials and custom designs, specializing in reclaimed wood, burned art, and signs, and upcycled leather wallets and accessories. Follow Casey Hardgoods on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment two. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here with my guys, Eddie Ortiz, Trevor Twidwell. What up? We're gonna get into some Chiefs talk, but real quick before we get into that, I do want to. And we are we are here in the KC BeardCo Studios. Um, I want to congratulate uh, Dukes Ford Zion Williamson for winning the Wooden Award, the 2019 Wooden Award. Um, he Congrats. is one of three freshmen to ever do it. The other two are Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis. So, congratulations to Zion Williamson uh, coming back from the injury. It, I don't think it was as severe as we thought it was. Luckily. Because he will be the consensus number one overall pick when the time comes that he will be drafted. Um, Eddie thinks for some damn reason he's going to stay in Duke, and I'm going to bet him $300 on that. I'm going to be Venmo $300 when the draft comes, and Zion's putting on a nah, Knicks cap. See, so, see,
0: the thing is, I don't want to be put on the L. Uh, on oh, the it's going to be a fat
2: ass L because I'm I, telling you, okay. I
0: haven't placed the bet. So are yet. you backing down?
2: Are you backing down? I never gotta made a bet. you going to stay with the chest, bro. You back, are you backing down?
0: I never made a bet.
2: Okay. All right, Debo. <laughs> so. I left it as a teaser on the last segment, at the end of the last segment, that there was, and I'm not going to say this person by name, and we're not going to talk about this person by name. Why not? Because I don't want to uh, give uh, him that credence. It's, it's good. I, I respect people that work with him. Let me just put it like that. But there was something said this week by a certain radio host in Kansas City that I, I cannot for the life of me understand. Now, I try my best to be open-minded. I try my best to understand where people co- are coming from with their takes because I feel everyone deserves that. Uh, even if I don't agree with what you say, and even if I don't really like you as a person, I feel like you deserve the respect to at least be heard out. My point is this when I was when I was on when I was driving in my car early one morning, mm-hmm. I heard someone saying that the Chiefs should consider or more actually, they should trade their tight end Travis Kelsey, who currently is the best tight end in football. And it's not even a I question. Three years left in his contract. And it's
1: the number one target for your you know quarterback. Here's the thing. Continue.
2: If this team was not on the verge of winning not only one Super Bowl, but several, and if Travis Kelsey wasn't in the absolute prime of his career, if Travis Kelsey didn't have an absolute bargain for a contract that not only his position and the value that it presents in the NFL today, but for what he provides for this team every single year, year in and year out, if that wasn't the case, I might entertain the thought of trading Travis Kelsey for picks uh, possibly for, for, for multiple players and picks, you know, some sort of combination, right. but here's the thing, man, that makes absolutely no sense with the current construct, current construct of the chiefs. The chiefs are literally, they were literally one offsides sides play from being in the super, Bowl, which super Bowl, I believe they would have won. They would have got that revenge on the St. On the uh, Los Angeles Rams. And Travis Kelsey had everything to do with the Chiefs having as great of a season they had. He had everything to do yep. with Patrick Mahomes having the biggest season we've seen maybe in NFL history. And, and to sit here and think that that, that somehow the Chiefs are going to get better or have a better chance at winning Super Bowls by trading away a player like that in his prime is absolute in, is absurdity. And, and I can only compute it as you're trying to gain attention for yourself. But,
1: but this draft is deep in tight ends. You know, there's so much there's so much depth and tight end talent in this draft. You know, because when the they're, they're they're you know you know when they get drafted, you're they're gonna be good. <laughs> See, you know, it's, it's, yeah. that's how it works. You know, God, whoever gets drafted is good.
0: But but the thing is that you can't you can't get rid of the best tight end in the league um,
1: on the best a, offense on
0: the best offense <laughs> for a prospect that we don't even know how they're gonna turn out in the NFL. Do you know what I mean?
1: Like. Not, okay, even, not if, even Belichick if, did something bad, ballsy. Like,
0: if, if he was 35, 33, 32, yeah. I would, you know, consider it. I'd be like, you know what? I'll be open to a, a potential talk of a trade. But that's not the case.
1: But like it I said, is, e- even Belichick, like that, th- does the most unconventional, unconventional, like out of the nowhere kind of moves. Would never have traded Gronk no. in his prime.
2: Well, mm. we we say that,
1: but they did try to trade him to the Lions but last that, year. Yes, last year. But I'm saying in his prime. Oh no, Gronk's no, no, been no, out of his prime. No, for a No, in time.
2: 2011, there's no chance. To I know, know they're the, the same Patriots age, training.
1: but no. Gronk's been out of his prime for a while now.
2: He hasn't had a great season since 2011. That's what I'm
1: saying. So yeah. him trading him then makes sense. Yeah. I'm saying when Gronk was Gronk in like 2012, 2013, that time. Yeah. That would make absolutely no sense because he was the crutch, you know, for that office. Yeah. But it just makes no Travis sense. Travis Kelsey is Hilarious. currently
2: twenty-nine years old. He will be right. thirty this year.
1: And he's getting better, okay. really. really uh, better. he
2: has three years left on his deal. He has a total of about uh 23000000 dollars left complete on his deal right. for the next three years. He's Pennies. averaging seven point five million Pennies in base salary for elite. Players. Now with wow. his now with his signing bonuses and things like that, he's gonna be making about ten plus million a year. Uh, the cap hit will be around 10 million a year for the next three years, but uh, I think it goes comes right under 30 million in total. Uh, so with that, and you've seen the production that Travis Kelsey has had, that yep. is an absolute bargain, especially when you consider the fact you're still not even paying Patrick Mahomes. Right. Second of all, um, Travis Kelsey, I think we talked about this when I when I was comparing him and Gronk a couple weeks ago. Uh, Travis Kelsey has not missed a single game due to injury since 2013 in his rookie year. So you're talking about a guy who's not only absolutely productive, the for, Iron Man. Yeah, he's actually yeah. he actually produces consistently, even with a guy like Alex Smith who is completely inferior to Patrick Mahomes. Right. But the fact that he's on the field every single week giving you his his body. Now here's the other thing: I, I ran some numbers today, and th- this at first it won't sound like it's a big deal, but it actually is when you hear the other side of it. Um, the Chiefs are 19 and 13 when Travis Kelsey has fewer fewer than five receptions in a game. Now you think, oh, that's pretty good. You know, 19 and 13, that's a good record. They don't need him. But here's the thing: when he has more than five catches, five catches or more, yeah, they're 35 and 14. <laughs> so they are a much better team when Travis Kelsey produces. They're about yeah. the same. <laughs> yeah. Here's the other part: when it comes to touchdowns, now Travis Kelsey hasn't hasn't had a lot of touchdowns in his career, but he start those numbers are starting to go up. He uh, had a career year the year before this year, and then had a absolutely career then year. Top this that night. one, yeah. Yep. Um, they are the Chiefs are 20 and six when Travis Kelsey has a touchdown in his career. Now that think about that for a second. You are winning literally seventy five percent of your games when this guy gets a touchdown. Not 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 one hundred and fifty yards. Those are the guys you trade. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so so I don't want to sit. Here, I don't want to sit here and entertain this bullshit right. any more than I need to. I just need yeah. to address it because we had a lot of cheese fans. I had personal messages. We had stuff in the spoken on the Facebook group. I had stuff on Twitter that people were asking me, "What are your thoughts on this?" I'm telling you right now. Do not even entertain that thought because I know the Chiefs aren't. Yeah, you do not trade away the best tight end in football in his prime when you are on the verge of winning Super Bowls, not Super yeah. Bowl, not a chance. Of, you're on the verge of it. To trade away one of your five best players is absolutely
1: fucking stupid. Especially when he's not affecting the cap like exactly. nearly, barely at all.
2: None of it makes sense. <laughs> you know, so this like, he will be out of his contract. This current picks, contract at 31 no years sense, old. Man. He, yeah. he could still very well be a very effective player at that time. And even if he's not, you can then talk about it at that point. At this point, don't even come in with this bullshit because yeah. that is absolute absurdity. Do not, well, I don't he, care if you're paid to do, to do your job. I mean, you training, do better because him, that's
1: bullshit. Trading man. him for picks makes no sense. I mean, you are going to trade him better, get some kind of elite player out of that package you know, trade him with a pick and him or something for a package. But I mean, Obviously, I'm not for that either yeah, way, like but what
0: team is going to be able to afford to give a lot of first? But I mean, either way, we can Kelsey. still
1: draft a good a young tight end in this draft as his replacement in a couple of years. That makes sense. We can I, still do that without treating I, him. It exactly. makes no I, I sense think to do that. That's
0: what the Chiefs need to yeah. do. People don't need to freak out when we go and draft a tight end in, in like the first three rounds. We need to do that. We exactly. better draft a tight if end we have somewhere because we, yeah. we don't have anybody right. behind Travis Kelsey. Yeah. And and what better odds than Travis Kelsey bringing up this rookie? Yeah, and and, it would be yeah, it it would just be the best. It would be one thing. Best option. It would
2: be one thing if the Chiefs already had a TJ Hawkinson on this roster. Well, then you could talk about something like that, like where you can entertain that. That's not
1: the case. and And I've been the guy too that talked about how Tyreek, how important Tyreek is to Patrick Mahomes, which obviously is valid. But the number one target passing game in this offense, as far as targets and reception, is Travis Kelsey. Right, he's the guy. But he's he's usually the first or second read on almost every single play. Tyreek is the guy that you that Pat goes to when the play breaks down and he needs somebody that can run out of the route and get open downfield because he's that versatile and very good at getting space. But the guy we're looking for in the in the red zone, in the end zone, and, and underneath defenses when the plays break down, or you know that that's that's Kelsey and he's one of the best after the catch. So you you don't trade guys like that, man. Yeah. You just don't. We just wanted makes to, no we, sense. I
2: just, I really wanted to just address that real quick. We don't need to, to, to keep going on it because it's, it's absolutely stupid. Uh, and this person that, that brought this up and doubled down on it this week, just really needs to shut his mouth. I wish he just named the whole, stupid. the
1: whole uh, L section after I, him. Yeah. I yeah.
2: almost, I well, uh, that, this, uh, <laughs> yeah, that well, it may or may not be, but I want to move on to an actual real conversation. Yeah. Um. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation. Jamal Charles recently came out on the radio and, it, and he was asked a question about, does he, does he think he had a Hall of Fame career? And he says he believes that because of what he did in the time that he played. Now there's been a lot of Chiefs fans asking this question. I've seen a lot of back and forth, a lot of people that were on both sides of this. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. When Jamal Charles was at his best and when he was healthy, it's hard for me to name over the last 15 years. 10 10 running backs better than him just i like that i can say with all confidence they were better than jamal charles at football because he in his time you have to understand like looking at looking back and when he was at his absolute best the chiefs were at their absolute worst i mean they had decent seasons like in 2010 they made the playoffs they were a good team they were 10 and six you know they won the division they were they were a good team but then they got absolutely exposed in the playoffs against the ravens in arrowhead it was an absolute embarrassment yep but Jamal Charles. Too, yeah. Jamal Charles, once he got his opportunity, I believe 09 was his first year as a starter. You saw Jamal Charles immediately make impact. We have yet, we have, we, I think we've ever seen it in Kansas City. Now, Priest Holmes was an incredible running back. I love Priest Holmes. We've talked about him on the show before. Had the th- greatest three year stretch we've ever seen in NFL history by a running back. Even in a even in a season, uh, I believe it was 2005 that Priest Holmes had only 8 games played at 14 touchdowns that's just insane like most running yeah. backs today don't get 14 rushing touchdowns he got it in half a season despite that let's let's take away some things here for a second priest holmes played behind arguably the greatest offensive line we've ever seen in afc history yep so so he had a, a significant advantage there Jamal Charles not only did not have the greatest offensive line we've seen in Kansas City and AFC history, he had one of the worst. Mm -hmm. And not only that, he had horrible coaching. He had a horrible quarterback in Matt Castle and backups like Brady Quinn and Tyler Palco. He had to deal with all that shit. Yet he has currently, as it stands, the highest yards per carry average in NFL history at 5.4 yards per carry. That's over Jim Brown at 5.2. That's over Gale Sayers and Barry Sanders at 5 flat. Yep. So for him to be able to do all those things, despite all the inefficiencies and all the crap, the crap and chaos around him, that speaks volumes to his greatness. Jamal Charles was an all time great when he was at his best. The problem though, is that Jamal Charles cannot string together consistent seasons like that. He only had two to three great seasons in his entire career. Now I will give him this. He is one of the three running backs to ever, uh, have five 1,000-yard seasons while averaging over five yards per carry. Mm. So, again, even when he was battling injuries, he was still effective.
1: When well, you got to look at, too, his yards from scrimmage, because not only was the guy an absolute monster in the running game and being able to create plays out of nowhere. I mean, we've seen it where there's like a pile of bodies, and all of a sudden, the Jamal just pops out the other end and just taking off somehow. It's just unbelievable. But his ability to play in the passing game as well was – was a key to his success as, you know, as, as just an overall player. So his yards from scrimmage is extremely impressive um, during his four or five year peak. And um, yeah, I mean, as far as if you look at overall in NFL history, there might not be outside of maybe Barry Sanders, a better running back ever to have the ball in his hands and just to make, just go out there and make a play. I mean, we, we see it time and time again. We, we've had some bad teams and, but you get the ball in his hands, anything can happen. You know, it's, the guy, man, as a Chiefs fan, I say yes, he's a Hall of Famer, because it's it's hard for me to get past that bias, because I, it's so heightened in my mind just from watching him live and watching him growing up, you know. Um, but I feel like the the lack of postseason success, um, the injury, you know, riddled years, him missing the years due to ACLs and bad knees, um, I feel like that could, as far as a national outlook, I think might keep him out. But at the in time, I think. It might soften up. He might make his way in there, but just the lack of postseason success. We've seen lesser talented guys make the Hall of Fame just because they've had great teams and great postseason success. So I think that might be the the key cog to maybe keep him out of it, man. Well, I so
2: so you, I was that was going to be my question. I was yeah. going to ask you guys, do you think he is an NFL Hall of Famer? So I got your answer. Mine's yes, in time. Okay, so you maybe think not you for think a while. Within the next several years, he'll get. Yeah, it. Okay. yeah. yeah. That, so that's Eddie, mine. so that's mine. okay, so yeah. you believe? If have, you want to expand on it, go ahead.
0: I, I believe he. I mean, he, he, like you said, he was great, but he wasn't consistent. That's the thing. And also, those injuries, those injuries. He wasn't just, consistent because of his injuries. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, like those injuries. When he's on the field healthy, he exactly. was one. Yeah, he's ridiculous. Like, what was it? The two ACL back to back, pretty much seasons. Pretty it, much lost two years, exactly. two whole seasons. That, yeah.
1: If the he, last if, one, he was never the same after that either. It, so,
0: it, it's just the consistency that he can keep. He, he is a great running back and. Obviously, the five point four yards per carry in his career are the best in in NFL. Yeah, I mean, that's that's something to be impressed absolutely. About, you know? But a first ballot NFL Hall of Famer? Don't think so. Uh, yeah, maybe down the road when you know, like different players start coming into the Hall of Fame that are you know like uh, not that. Not that great, but are good enough to make it to the Hall of Fame. Maybe his name name will slip in there, but it's about legacy too, man. Because what
1: you're remembered for, and most players, Hall of Fame players are always remembered for their postseason moments. And He didn't have, and unfortunately, Jamal just doesn't have those moments, man. And it sucks because he deserves them. He if he he would have been on the Patriots team or some of these great Pittsburgh teams we've seen, you know, put him on any of these teams that had that were in the postseason consistently. You know, the guy, no the doubt. guy would have been, he would have made some ridiculous plays, All but he was no you know he was stuck in some bad positions and had some unfortunate injuries, man. And it's it sucks. Here's but. the
2: thing. I really want to believe that Jamal Charles can make the Hall of Fame because again, I am I'm a very biased fan myself. Yeah. I think there are two things that Chiefs fans in particular hold on to when it comes to Jamal Charles. It's the fact that uh obviously he um has the highest yards per carry average, which is absolutely valid. And that is something that you have to respect. might never
1: get topped. It may
2: never get topped again, but here's the thing outside of that. Let's be real. We want it because we are just chiefs fans. Yeah, for sure. So what I did is I did some research this week and, um, I looked at every single hall of fame running back in the modern era. And I actually kind of brought it down because modern era goes even back to the fifties. I actually brought it up to 1970, uh, because I feel it's more of a fair assessment because the game changed so much. Um, I looked at the numbers at uh, every single running back in that in those eras. And outside of Earl Campbell and mm. Terrell Davis that have made the hall of fame.
1: Yeah. Terrell Davis is the one I think every, of.
2: well, every single one of those running backs that made the hall of fame had at least 11,000 rushing yards and at least 65 rushing touchdowns.
1: But Terrell Davis's peak was so small. Right.
2: And, and that's okay. That's what I'm his saying. Playoff success so they had, they had at least, they had at least 11,000 rushing yards and at least 65 t- rushing touchdowns. Mm. And that's how they made the hall of fame. Jamal Charles has barely a 7,000 rushing yards and only has 44 rushing touchdowns. Right. So, um, even with Earl Thomas, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Earl Campbell having 9,407 yards and 74 touchdowns. Uh, he, he has at least – he has more – he has 1,844 more yards and 30 more rushing touchdowns mm-hmm. than Jamal Charles. Terrell Davis, I'm glad you brought that up because Terrell Davis is the one that you actually can right. c- compare Jamal to because he only – this
1: is crazy. Three big years. Everybody thinks
2: Terrell Davis had this incredible career. No. You know that he didn't even have 1,000 yards until his fifth season?
1: Yeah, he, he was just an absolute monster in the playoffs. He was had he had he had back you know. to back
2: seasons of less than 400 rushing yards. Yeah, people don't even realize that about Terrell Davis. But here's the thing, Terrell Davis. Everybody thought he had this incredible career. He only has 44 more rushing yards and 16 more touchdowns than Jamal. Right. Now Jamal Charles missed in his 11 year career 55 games. Yeah, that's a lot Ooh. of games. Yeah. You give him half of those, right. he blows Terrell Davis's numbers out of the water. And then, and and then the look water. at the
1: receiving yards too. Yes, I mean, so receiving so he was, touchdowns. He was way
2: more versatile to Terrell Davis. I would even go as far as to say I think Jamal was a better running back than Terrell Davis. He's
1: more reta- cre- he's definitely more talented, versatile to talent for sure. Here's what separates them. Yeah. Success.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Terrell Davis not only won back to back Super Bowls, which greatest, people do look at unfairly. Because if you put Jamal on those teams back, then he's going to win Super Bowls. Put Jamal
1: with John Elway but, in that.
2: But Terrell man. Davis, but Terrell Davis also won a Super Bowl MVP.
1: Yeah. So oh, he carried that team. You right. have to look Second at legacies time. here. You yeah. have to
2: look at that Jamal never had, like you said, Trevor. He never had those moments of greatness where we're going to look back in NFL history and never say had the opportunities, you me- man. You remember those times. Where this guy did this, you guys, you this guy did that. You those those are Hall of Fame moments, and yeah. unfortunately Jamal never got those. He does have the yards per carry average, which he will forever have. Yeah. He'll always be up there at least. But outside of that, guys, he is simply not a Hall of Famer. I want to believe it, yeah. but he was too hurt too often. He missed too many games in his career, and I think that that is the ultimate detriment. Because when he was great, he was great. Yeah. but it did not last. And that's the unfortunate thing for Jamal Charles. And unfortunately, I don't believe there's any real chance he's ever going to make the hall of fame as much as I'd like to see it happen. I don't think he's got the numbers and he sure as shit doesn't have the success. Yeah. So that's, that's where I'm going to leave it guys. I, I don't really, I don't want to sit here because I feel like it, the further we go, it's going to end up becoming a bashing bashing session. But I think that more than anything, I, I to me, he's the greatest running back the chiefs have ever had. I, I think that he is. I think priest Holmes had more success and he had a better 3 year stretch than Jamal. Yeah. But even though Jamal missed a lot of games and he he had times where he was not, you know, not as good as he should have been, I guess you would say to be able to put up more rushing yards and more yards per carry behind such inferior talent. Yeah. And up front and front around him, not he had never he never had a quarterback as good as Trent Green. I mean, could you maybe imagine? maybe when Alex Smith first came around, you can maybe do the comparison. Yeah, but he never had you know Dick Vermeil. He never had Al Saunders calling his plays. He never had Willie Rofe, Will Shields, uh, uh, John Tate, Casey Wigman, uh, Brian Waters. He never had those imagine, types of offensive just imagine
1: line. just imagine Jamal with this offensive scheme in his prime. Imagine him with this offensive setup with Pat and. Have teams have to worry about not only him, but Tyreek and Kelsey and Sammy Watkins. I mean, you can imagine the damage the guy would do. I mean, it's just, it sucks, man. It sucks that it was a timing thing for him that, you know, in the situational type of deal. But I think in time it could happen, but it's pretty dim, gr- grim for me as far as it happening, it actually happening. But I'm holding out hope. And it's, it's just sad to see him coming out and saying, you know, himself having to come out and say, you know, I think my numbers do it. And then, in the back of our our minds, are kind of like, yeah, we love you, man. But it's like, yeah, probably not. You yeah. know, it just sucks seeing like such a good guy, done so many good things in his life. You know, on and off the field. I mean, I just, um, it's just, yeah. Part of me wants to really say he will, but it's hard to really believe that for sure. Yeah.
2: So, well, I, I wish Jamal the best. I mean, if he makes the Hall of Fame, awesome. Yeah. I, I just, I don't see it happening. Um, it, it just, after looking, like I said, looking at the numbers, it doesn't add up. He doesn't have the legacy. It just, it's going to be really unfortunate. I think it, he, he it's was tough just,
1: getting the hall of fame, man. He it's will, for,
2: he will forever be one of those what ifs. And that's unfortunate because I think he deserved better because Jamal was just so great when he was great. So, um, that's where we're going to leave that one. Uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to stay with the chiefs. We're actually going to talk about Chris Jones and this contract that we're talking about. Uh, a lot of. A lot of Chiefs fans have been uh, discussing this one as well, and it's been a hot topic in Kansas City. Uh, To be honest with you, I'm surprised to say there's been some pushback about what his value is and if the Chiefs should actually give him the contract. So we will get to that after this. Casey Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide, ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hemp Co., Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City themed clothing and accessories with a countercultural apparel. Find them online at CommandeerBrand.com or follow them at Commandeer brand on Instagram or Facebook. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment three. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here with my guy, Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. And Trevor Twidwell. What's up? We are here in the Casey Beard Coast studios giving you guys what we got. There's a lot of topics we've already touched on. Uh, it's just gotten done actually talking about Jamal Charles and his Hall of Fame chances. Uh, we talked about the absurdity of uh, trading one Travis Kelsey. We've touched on a few things tonight, guys, and we're going to keep it going, actually. We're going to stick with the Chiefs. Before we do that, I do want to give a shout-out to the Royals' uh, second baseman and pretty much a utility player if you really want to break it down. Uh, Whit Merrifield uh, currently or actually just recently broke uh, all-time great. I mean, the best Royals ever, Royals player ever, George Brett's record of 30 straight games with a hit. That's Um, impressive. You know, 31. Thirty one games he he actually broke it. And um you have to give him respect for that because that's something that you know most Royals fans thought that maybe would never be broken because George Brett owns pretty trade. much all the hitting records. Especially in the
1: modern era. Trade baseball. Yeah, the yeah pitchers the being pitchers being as good as they are now. You know, it's the
2: Royals sure. should absolutely think about trading Whit Merrifield. No I, I think uh, it. I think yeah, that would be that, that would be great for the Royals. I bet I mean something I heard. Trade them all. Something I heard about <laughs> this, um, about the situation with Whit Merrifield because again, I want to give him all the respect that he deserves. Um, but there has been 45 players that have had a 30 game or more hitting streak in the MLB in MLB history <laughs> and I feel like I'm going dis- to I'm going to feel like I'm I'm gonna feel like I'm disrespecting by saying this but I'm just going to give you the numbers and I'm <clears throat> leave it at that of the 45 um, that have been since 1920 which is what they would consider I guess the live ball era of time George Brett has the highest batting average during a 30 game hitting streak in MLB history do you guys want to guess who has the lowest Wit. Wh- That'd be Whit Merrifield. Hmm. Now, I'm not saying – because I believe he's hitting right at 326 or 327 currently. That's, that's which, crazy. Which is very, very good. You can win a batting title with that type of average.
1: Yeah, George Brett was pretty good. But,
2: but what I'm saying – we have to put it into context here. He broke the record, granted, but the fact is George Brett was batting over one uh, – I'm sorry. Uh, he was batting, I think, 458 during his Jesus. during his 30-game hitting streak. So, I, I mean, we're talking about a guy who was batting in the mid-400s, yeah. whereas Witt's you know, very respectful very, very respectable batting average, no question about it. But let's put this into context. If we're, if we're going to try to do the comparison, uh, there really isn't one. So hats off to Witt, but George Brett is still the man when it comes to these types of streaks, when it comes to these types of uh, accolades. So uh, moving right along, though, we're going to get back to the Chiefs. Um, There's been two contracts that we thought for sure that the chiefs were going to give out. One was going to be with wide receiver Tyreek Hill, which we still don't know for certain what's going on with that. And we do await whatever quote unquote news or fake news is going to come out about that. So we'll put that on the shelf. The other contract is one with the defensive end, Chris Jones. Now, I thought it was a foregone conclusion that everyone was on board with giving Chris Jones a max deal, giving him the contract that was going to lock him up for the next five-plus years. And I think we all agreed this was a common-sense thing. Absolutely. Well, unfortunately, guys, it's not. Um, There have been several radio personalities in Kansas City, and there's been a lot of fans, actually, surprisingly enough, that have stated that they're kind of concerned about I even had um, a guy that actually does a podcast in Kansas City as well that I respect a lot that was saying that he feels like this is the type of move that got Dorsey fired. And for me, I'm, I'm kind of confused about it because of the fact that there's so many reasons why it's so common sense you pay Chris Jones at this point. One, he's 25, which means he's just entering the peak of his career. Two, he's literally never missed a game in his career. Let me give you guys a couple other things real quick. Well, I'm going to give you one specific reason. Since Chris Jones has been in the league, only Aaron Donald,
1: I going to say, outside Aaron Donald is the best in that position.
2: Only Aaron Donald and Calais Campbell have more sacks than Chris Jones at the interior That's, defensive end position.
1: Yeah, Jeez. why pay him? I mean, so yeah, you know. he doesn't need it. <laughs>
2: Aaron Donald might go down as the greatest interior defensive lineman we have ever seen. Yeah. He legitimately could be better than Reggie White. One man wrecking okay? crew for sure. Calais Campbell is one of the greatest of his generation. He Absolutely. has been consistently great. Yep. Okay? And to sit here and look at those numbers and think, oh well, you know that's not enough. Okay, well I'm going to give you something else because I also found this: of the current five highest paid defensive interior defensive linemen in the NFL, only two of them have more sacks over the last three seasons than Chris Jones. It's Demarcus Lawrence and Frank Clark. Not J.J. Watt, Olivia Vernon, mm-hmm. not Trey Flowers. Those are the five highest paid players at that same position. So he's in the top three amongst the top five highest paid defense interior defensive linemen when it comes to sacks since 2016, which is his rookie year. Not worth it. Guys, he has been absolute. He's been an absolute beast since he's been in the league. Now, obviously, last season was his biggest year. Yeah. No doubt. And, and I don't expect I, – like, I think we talked about this last week. Yeah, yeah. I don't expect him to have 15-plus sacks It's going to be a little season. regression. It's going to be a little bit different. But see, this is what's so great about Chris Jones. He is so good at disrupting the passing game, not right. just
1: getting to the quarterback, but
2: disrupt, disrupting the lanes. And he
1: demands a double team. Yes. Opens up other opportunities for other people.
2: So the market right now is set around $20 million a year that that Chris Jones would currently get for a five-year contract. For me, that's common sense. Yeah, I don't see what the actual issue is because although DeMarcus Lawrence is... He plays a little bit more on the outside than Chris Jones does, technically. I think that their value does equate when you look at both teams' situations. Right, Because Chris Jones right now is the... Really, if you guys want to think about it, besides Tyron Matthew, he's the only real sure thing on this defense right well, now. And two,
1: how committed he is to be here to the city and to this team and to he's, – he's still working on being – he talks about how he's working on getting a six-pack. I know it's funny. It's silly. But the dude is constantly trying to condition his body to be at all at a peak performance. And he said he wants to be a lifer. He wants to be a Kansas City Chief and the rest of his. I know people can say, oh, he's just trying to get paid. He's trying to say that, you know, to get paid. But I, I want to know what changed in the last few weeks in these people's minds. We are all – I felt like like you said, I felt like everyone was on board to – To pay him, especially now, it should be even easier to say, "Yeah, let's pay the guy with this Tyreek Hill news," because Tyreek Hill might not even get paid now. So why would we not even pay the guy that's next to Aaron Donald is the best at the position?
2: Well, it doesn't make any sense. I heard a lot of bitching uh, this whole week about you know the moves the Chiefs have made. Uh, The question was, you know, or have it made? Are they better now than they were you know before the season ended? For me, it's like this: they got rid they got rid of all the dead weight. They've gotten players, like I said, that feel great in key positions, and I think they're going to only get better. I think they're going to, I think they got one more trade in them, and I think they're going to draft a lot of defense. But again, let me reiterate something Chris Jones has been the only consistent piece left on this defense. Tyron Matthews is going to ball out, yep. but Tyron Matthew wasn't on this team last year. So Chris Jones is the centerpiece, the yeah. center focal point of this defense, even with Tyron Matthew and on the
1: roster. And he is absolutely perfect for Spagnolo. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. He, is he, he has the body size. I, yes, yeah, he's durability. Scheme, man, you he's can move big, him around. Big hands, long arms. Yeah, strong he, as he hell. disrupts.
2: He disrupts the offense. He's the opposing offense the in so many ways.
1: Absolutely. For man. me,
2: this is the most common sense move. I don't understand wh- how or why. And so I even tried to like play devil's advocate just yeah. to make this interesting. And I'm telling you guys, I couldn't find anything because the Chiefs have more than enough cap space to make this happen. Because it's funny. We hear people bitching about they haven't spent money, enough money to to validate cutting, D, you know, getting rid of get trading D Ford, cutting Justin Houston, letting go of Eric Berry, that we haven't justified that. You're telling me if you locked up arguably the best player at his position, not named Aaron Donald, yeah. that's not spending money wisely? Like, think about that for a second. You are sitting on an absolute gold mine. You are only a piece or two away from this team being in the absolute favorite to win this Super Bowl, and they might be anyway. And you're telling me, I have I've had to endure. Think about this for a second. I've had to endure listening all week to people talking about trading Travis Kelsey yeah. and we shouldn't pay Chris Jones. Yeah, like, like, what in the hell is going on they, right do now? They want to
0: see uh, Chris Jones walk. Like, I just yeah, like, he's gonna he's. No doubt in my mind, he, he might become a Hall of Famer. Like, there's no doubt in my mind.
1: So, yeah, yeah, we but got he's
0: shown me so far. There's no doubt, right? Man, why in the hell would the Chiefs not pay this guy? Why?
1: Yeah, we got people, we got like, people that why? are paid to talk on the radio and, and platforms that say the window for our Super Bowl opportunity is now. But in the same breath, we're talking about trading our number one option on in the passing game, Travis Kelsey, and then not paying our number one defensive player. That doesn't. I mean, how how do those two coexist when you, when you want to say that our Super Bowl chances are now, but then you wanted to dump the two most valuable guys on both sides of the field outside of the quarterback? <laughs> it just. I mean, you lock up Chris. It only it only makes sense to lock up Chris Jones for the next four or five years, and then if you want to dump him later on, out when he's nearing the end of his prime, fine. The guy's how old? 20, 25. Yes. 20, 20, I mean, that, just it only it only makes sense to let him go at twenty nine thirty. He's Fine, lock him up until then, deal. and it
2: right. would make it would squeeze make total the best sense. years out of him. Now it would make total sense to to be worried about the the contract dispute if, in fact, he actually missed a single game right. over the last three
1: years. It isn't extremely good, and maybe the best in his position outside of Aaron, yeah, Aaron Aaron Donald. Aaron I mean,
0: fucking Donald. Yeah. Right. and look how much about, he got paid. I mean, exactly, you know, it's you're not just, talking about just any other player. You're right. talking about Aaron. Fucking okay, Aaron Donald. Donald sets
1: the the standard, yes. right? For who for pay and for for performance, yeah, exactly. And Chris Jones is one A to his or one B to his one A, <laughs> literally. So, and then we're going to talk about not paying him, and we—he's the best defensive player we've had since I can't even remember, man. If you guys want to hear my prime theory. Houston, maybe that one season. If you, guys, I mean, if, nah. you
2: if you, you want to hear my theory as to why this is, why this is even a talking point. I mean, you can go with the easy. Well, it's the it's the it's the off season, so they got to have something to talk about. That would be my um, that would be my opinion. I, I, this is what I think it is, guys. That's bullshit. Because I've been a Chiefs fan my entire life, and I've seen, you know, how these fans react to every off season, and you know, during the season how they react. And I study it, and I listen. You know, Eddie, I listen to a lot of I listen to a lot of talk shows. I listen to a lot of these guys. I want to hear the pulse of my city so I can better understand what is going on around me. I think this city is afraid of, of actual success. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but I said this even before we ever we – ever, It don't sound dra- crazy to me. Even when we, before we ever drafted Patrick Mahomes, before I even knew who Patrick Mahomes even was, before he was even in college, I've always said that the, Chief, the Chiefs fans were always more afraid of being bad than never being great. And I think that runs across the board, not just when it comes to the quarterback position, because that was obviously the biggest one. That was the monster they had to actually, absolutely slay. They had to slay that one. And they did. And they did. My God, did they? But here's yep. the thing. There is still a fear and a paranoia in this fan base and in this city when it comes to the coverage of this team that can that seems to somehow – uh, uh, keep us down. It's, it's 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 unexplainable, but I'll try my best to explain. I feel it's a defense mechanism. It's right? a defense mechanism. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's it's their way of preparing themselves for pain. Yep. And I, we got to get out of that mindset. Signing guys like Chris Jones is an absolute risk, but it is a necessary and calculated risk because it's so common sense. Like it is a move that will only help you. Like let's say let's say Chris Jones never has a season like he just did. Okay. But he has a string of really good ones. Is that a bad contract?
1: Dude, it's it's no. like it's like f- the analogy of being in a really like abusive or bad relationship, and we just got out of that. And now we feel like we have to self-sabotage because we're in a great relationship now. And it feels too good to be yeah, true. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. We don't feel comfortable now we feel like there. we have to yeah, self-sabotage.
1: Yeah. No, should we is this good enough? should we should we keep Chris Jones? Should we pay him? Should we keep him around or you know it's like we get this like we nervous do. shakiness where like a bunch of chihuahuas, you know is in the corner shaking and you know we see I feel like a lot of fans self-sabotage man because we're so used to mediocrity we are scared of taking a chance, going all in because when have we ever talked about going all in? When was the last time since I've been alive, I've never talked about Chiefs being all in for the Super Bowl
2: right
1: because we've always been one-sided. We've always had a good offense or a good defense, right. You know, now that we have the chance to be balanced, you're going to want to get rid of the number one guy in your defense. That makes absolutely no sense to me. That's, that's,
2: that's, I think we just, I think you explained it very well.
1: We got to get out of that, guys.
2: Like, I I don't want to keep overemphasizing on that, but, but at the same time, I want Chiefs fans to get that. And if there's Chiefs fans listening to this and you still, I don't blame you
1: for feeling that way. If you still
2: have your concerns, if you still feel like there's a reason why you don't want to sign Chris Jones long term to that kind of money, please comment below in, in our, in, uh, when we post this tonight yeah. on our Facebook uh, page, the spoken, or if you tweet, if we tweet it out, please tell us why I'd love to know the reason I'm not saying there isn't, I'm just saying I haven't found it because as a cheese fan and as someone who has have studied uh, the value of his, of this player and the market value that he has, I don't see any other way of going about this and it being considered the correct way. So that's, where I want to leave it, unless you guys have any other thoughts on it, I want to leave it right there. Uh, Seguing right into something else, I, I kind of wanted to leave this as a little surprise because this is something Eddie and I were actually going to talk about last uh-huh. week. But did we uh, we failed to do that, and I, uh, I actually got called out about go. that last week on on the post. Um, here we go. Yeah, here we go. That's correct, Eddie, because um, <laughs> you, you and I had talked um, at, at our office um, last week before last week's show. And you, we were talking about Baker Mayfield and how we feel about him. Now, I've left the door open to Baker Mayfield. I, When he got drafted, number one overall, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I think this guy's got the talent, yeah, I love but the kid. I'm going to reserve my opinion on him because I don't think that the flamboyancy of his attitude is really going to affect him as long as he can back it up. And he did that. Mm-hmm. He goes into Cleveland, and he literally changes the infrastructure of a franchise that has been dying for any type of success. Now, they didn't make the playoffs. I believe they only won seven games last year, but that – season was the best season the Browns have had in so long that was the the most exciting football the, the Browns have Browns fans have had in so many years and it was because of Baker Mayfield he brought something new to that city he brought something new to that franchise and it is so exciting I'm very happy for them and John Dorsey to this point has done an incredible job I will give John Dorsey all the credit in the world he really he really has put his name on that on that map but here, here we are talking to Eddie. I think Eddie likes to just get under my skin sometimes. But <laughs> I think Eddie had a little seriousness to it. I think that, uh, that there was something to his argument because we did get a little heated when we talked about this. Because, And I don't want to speak for you, Eddie. I'm going to let you have the floor for a second. But Eddie had mentioned that he believes that Baker Bullshit. Mayfield – yeah, thank you, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie <laughs> believes that Baker Mayfield – and I'm going to let you defend yourself, obviously, on this because I don't want to put words in your mouth. But from what I remember Eddie telling me was he believes that Baker Mayfield can and is just as good of a football player and quarterback as one Patrick Mahomes. Eddie, the floor is yours. Get speaking. out. Right. And right, while you're at it, yeah. Out
0: of here. Uh, <laughs> no, my my thing on that was uh, he did not only have one of the, the best rookie seasons for a quarterback ever, but. He obviously did. He broke the touchdown records in only 14 games. He did not play the first two weeks, if I'm not mistaken. For you to go to Cleveland, to one of the worst-ran franchise in NFL history, and, and do what you did in your first year, man, I, I think it's unbelievable. Just like Patrick Mahomes coming into Kansas City, sitting out for a whole year, and then Pretty much, this being his first full starting season,
1: MVP season, exactly.
0: Yeah. So doing doing what he did and doing what uh, Baker Mayfield did in in, in uh, with the Browns organization. I that I I just believe that they're they're both just phenomenal. I I know we haven't seen much of Baker May, Baker Mayfield. We haven't seen much of uh, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes did win the MVP, to, and what what a way to to do it, but. I, I think uh, Baker Mayfield can be just as good of of what uh, Patrick Mahomes is. Uh, like I said, just breaking the rookie touchdown record that that's unbelievable with with the Browns to, to to fucking to fucking say the least. You know what I mean? So that's a huge huge milestone for Baker Mayfield. Well,
2: let me ask you a question because I agree with everything you just said. I think, like I I I preface my entire argument with saying that I think Baker Mayfield is special. And I think he's got what it takes, and I think he will live up to the hype, which is the number one overall pick, which is always unfair. What is it that Baker Mayfield does, though, that's just as good as Patrick Mahomes, in your opinion? And do you believe that had Baker Mayfield, because I think we could agree that that Pat, Patty had better weapons and a better situation yeah, around him last year, coach? But do you believe? I mean, first of all, do you, what is it that you think he does that's just as good, if not better, than Patty? And two, do you think that Baker could have had the same season that Patrick had if he was with the Chiefs quarterback instead?
0: I believe so. The, the, the kid has an arm. It, he has he has a pretty good arm. I, I like the way he throws the ball. It's just the way he finds those receivers that are hard to see. You know what I mean? Like the, the way he just places the ball. Him and Patrick Mullins just have that fucking that, – that eye where they're like, all right, there they are. I'm throwing it there. And fucking it's always money. So I, I think they, they both have, have their own special talent. Uh, so I'm just gonna leave it as they are both just as good as 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 one another. Uh there's still a lot more years to come. Mine Bob, uh, one can obviously be way better than the other, and vice versa. So I mean, we would only see. It it's only been one year for both of them. Yeah. Uh we'll see what uh next year next season is uh, it's hard or, to judge man off exactly. this one season and exactly. i think this
1: next season is the, actually the better it's, season to compare because now that he has odell yes there's no excuses now yeah. he's got an absolutely stacked maybe even more stacked roster than mahomes has right now because yeah. the running game he has with kareem hunt coming in behind chubb i mean he's got landry and odell i mean he's in and he's got to in, to a right great now. young tight end and Njoku, who i think is an so, absolute stud it, it, um yeah
0: yeah, yeah I, if they can both live to their potential i mean like I said, it's just one season. We only saw one single season of both of them. We saw uh, Baker Mayfield for 14 games only. We didn't see him an entire season. He could obviously throw him for way more touchdowns than that. Not way more, but maybe three or four more touchdowns than he would. What he? I had. don't see so Baker throwing for fifteen been, five
1: thousand 5,000, though, to w- be honest with you. He would have been
0: in 40. I'm not saying he would, but I'm saying he, he's up there, man. He, uh, you could, don't know. Yeah. he could
1: definitely be up there. I mean, I think the intangibles is what separates the separates. Now Patrick with the Mahomes. weapons
0: that he has, he – he can he can be up there. Patrick uh, Mahomes is be the best there? quarterback outside yet. the
1: pocket, too. Outside of the pocket, there was no better quarterback in the NFL oh, last year than Patrick no Mahomes. Doubt. And that's no what doubt. separates that's what I'm saying, the intangibles. When the play breaks down, there's no panic. We've seen I've seen the play break down with with Baker and him throw it out. Just an absolute horrible yeah. pick or throws it away. No, but then that's growing pains. The kids a rookie. We're gonna I mean, he yeah, had, like you said, one of the greatest rookie seasons, if not the best, we've seen in a long time. Um but if anything, if I'm if I'm looking like in the future, and I'm an oracle or a you know a psychic, and I'm making my prediction, how I see, I see personalities aside because these personalities don't match up at all. But as far as <laughs> for trajectory trajectory of careers, I see Mahomes as more of an Aaron Rodgers, and I see a Baker as more of a Philip Rivers. Okay. As far as the trajectory of their careers, I, they're both great Hall of Fame quarterback, elite quarterback play. But I think Mahomes definitely has the intangibles like Aaron Rodgers has the intangibles to when a play breaks down, he can sling it across the field or, you know, make a weird sidearm throw or, you know, make throw it in the tightest possible window and make a play, which we've seen Mahomes do, you know, on a, numerous times. I, I love so. Pat,
0: I love Patrick Mahomes. I, I love him. Mm-hmm. He's great. But you also have those, those yeah. lucky drops that the defenders kept dropping. You know, those, those uh, passes that he threw across the field that the fucking, Cornerback just couldn't get a hold of yeah. so he, there was there was luck in in that
1: in that uh, is it aspect luck though? is that luck though <sighs> i mean there's is this just something we haven't seen you gotta well, think of it I, that I, way I too mean, man you can't you know it's you this, don't want to have a false dichotomy easy
0: catches and and for for the defenders i mean obviously most quarterbacks wide, can't get that ball there i know but obviously <laughs> uh, they're not wide receivers i hear so you they're not expected to catch the ball right 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 when when you're dropping like just easy, easy drops like that. Uh, oh, I mean, you're talking it, about it, the picks
1: it, that should have been picks. Yes, okay. It, I thought so. you talking about like him making some crazy cross field throws, which you gotta give to, yeah, to no, Patty like, too. Look,
0: Cause he he made those throws so he made right. some of the throws like that, that you're throw like, against Baltimore. Like, come on, Patty. Why are you doing that? Like
2: there ain't nothing.
1: <laughs> like there, it should have been a pick, but like, how the exact, hell did that ball get exactly. there? Exactly. I hear you.
2: Look, this is this is my argument for you because obviously we can look at the raw numbers like we have, and and clearly Patty is completely superior to what Baker has been to this point so far there's there's yeah yeah, there's no debate about it right now Patty has put up better numbers he just had one of the greatest if not the greatest season we've ever seen a quarterback
1: have when it comes to Patrick Holmes first year starter MVP season that just doesn't happen man Baker
2: Mayfield had the best rookie season we probably have ever seen I will give you that Uh, I think that that Cam Newton and Russell Wilson there's comparisons there Uh, Andrew Luck had a really good rookie season. RG three had a really good rookie season, but overall, I would probably say just because of the stakes and the pressure and the expectations, things like that, I would say Baker, I would give him probably the nod. Here's the difference though, when it comes to these two quarterbacks, um, giving an opinion. First of all, I think that one of them is a transcendent talent. And I think the other one is a, is a superstar talent. I think Baker Mayfield is a superstar talent where he could be a very special player for a very long time. And I think he even has hall of fame opportunity. Patrick Mahomes has the opportunity. I'm just going to come out and say it. He has the opportunity to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Mm. He has what it takes to be the difference maker, no matter who's around him. He has that ability. That's why I compare to Aaron Rogers. Yes. has that,
1: that feel same feel.
2: Yes. And so uh, if you look and then see, I always look at the pressure of big games. See, everyone wanted to talk about how the chiefs didn't win a lot of big games. Like when it came to Sunday night football and Monday night football this year, which is just bullshit. But if you look at what Patrick Mahomes did in big games, let's look at sure. pl- against playoff teams. Week one, he had 256 yards and four touchdowns with a 127.5 rating. And he then goes to New England. They lose that game, but he has 352 yards, four touchdowns with a 110 rating. Then goes into Denver – I'm sorry, uh, goes into uh, L.A. again. The Rams, uh, on, I think that was Sunday Night Football. If, or, no, that was Monday Night I'm sorry, mm-hmm. that was Monday Night Football. Uh, has 478 yards and six touchdowns with a 117.6 rating. Uh, then goes against Baltimore. Eddie, you and I were at that game uh, against the number one defense in the NFL at the time. Number one pass defense. Three hundred seventy-seven yards, two touchdowns with a ninety, almost a ninety-two rating. Uh, goes into Seattle, has two hundred seventy-three yards, three touchdowns with a one hundred three point four rating. So he goes against playoff teams and outperforms not only not only the other quarterback on the other side in most times, most cases, but was going against prolific defenses and high stakes positions. And was outperforming even his normal his normal performances. Uh, and then you go to Baker Mayfield. He didn't start till week three. Uh, didn't play a, a playoff team until week five, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, where he had 342 yards, but only one touchdown, one interception, with an 81 rating. Uh, then you're talking about going against Kansas City. Played pretty well with 297 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception with 90 with a 95 rating. I'll give him that. But the Chiefs had arguably the worst defense in football. Um, then he goes. <laughs> then he goes and plays uh, the Houston uh, Texans. Uh, two, 397 yards, three touchdowns, absolutely balled out, but yet yeah. managed, managed to only complete, uh, I'm sorry. He only had a, uh, 75 rating. I don't know how you explain that one. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. No, I read that wrong. He had one touchdown and three interceptions, not three touchdowns in the other. It was reversed. It's one touchdowns and three interceptions. So oh, he really struggled against them. A lot of yards, but yeah. And then he finishes the season. Um, this was a pretty, this was a pretty rough game for him against Baltimore in Baltimore, uh, only completing 55% of his passes. He had 376 yards, um, because they were getting smoked at the time, but uh, had uh, three touchdowns and three picks with a 79 rating. So until to, until Baker Mayfield can prove to me that he can play great football against great teams or playoff teams, I cannot even take that comparison very seriously because of the fact that – ignore the, the raw numbers. Ignore the fact that Patrick had one of the greatest seasons of all time and won MVP. Look at what Patrick Mahomes was able to do against great – teams or contender teams as opposed to what Baker did and then compare them by the two. So in totality, I I respect the opinion. I respect what you're trying to say. I do agree with most of what you said about Baker. I think he does have superstar potential. I think he could even win an MVP or two. I think he's that good. And I do believe that the Browns are going to probably be a really good team for a long it's time. to be the
1: Browns and the Chiefs for a while. Because of him. I yeah. do
2: think that the Browns are going to be really good for a long time because of him. But Patrick Mahomes, what ultimately separates him, I believe, is the the, the performances in clutch, the performances when the lights are brightest, and the transcendent talent. I think Patrick Mahomes separates himself his from really everyone. His arm
1: talent, is, like you said, is transcendent. His arm talent is is on another tier than Baker. Baker's got arm talent, but he doesn't have the the – the cannon that Mahomes has. And he doesn't have... And that's to, not a knock on Baker. And he, and that's he doesn't, just a uh, Mahomes. Barely anyone does. We've ever seen. So, uh, But Patrick's ability to throw off any platform and make plays in windows, th- throwing, you know, sidearm, no-look passes into, you know, nearly impossible tight windows. So... Yeah, I mean, yeah. for me, it's yeah, it's no brainer for me. It's Patrick, man. So I'm right, you're wrong, Eddie. Thank you very much. Um,
2: <laughs> two to one, you lose. I'm just saying he has the
1: potential no, to be I, absolutely 100. I so, loved Baker coming in this draft. That was man. A good. That was a,
2: you made it. some good points. for That's sure.
0: That's what I'm saying. He he can be just as good as uh, Patrick Mahomes. So it's yeah. possible. I'm not saying he's better, but I'm just saying he can be up there.
2: We'd love to hear your thoughts on that. If anybody's listening and if you want to chime in, definitely comment on our posts uh, and and let us know what your thoughts are on that. But when we come back. Uh, We're going to talk about Discount discount Double Check, uh, one Mr. Aaron Rodgers. There's been a lot of discussion about him, some really stupid shit that's gone on, but I actually want to ask a different question regarding one Aaron Rodgers about his uh, career and how it's going to end. We'll get to that after this.
0: Midcoast Modern is a Kent City focus on modern, handmade, and small brands. A resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry, artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers, artists from the Midcoast, And bring in goods from makers, artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection.
2: This is the Spoken Podcast. Back at it again for segment number four. We are in the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guy, Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. Trevor Twidwell. What's up, beautiful people? Uh, We just got done touching on some uh, pretty specific uh, ideas about the Chiefs in in regards to the Chiefs, what their moves are going to be with Chris Jones uh, with Jamal Charles Hall of Fame opportunities, Travis Kelsey, if it's going to be even something they would consider trading, which let's just be honest, it's not going to happen, uh, and several other topics that we've touched on as well. But um, I actually want to get a little bit outside of uh, Kansas City for a second and talk about one of the most iconic uh, football players of our generation possibly ever. I mentioned it sm- <sighs> in a very small minute way last week when I said that I didn't give two shits about this whole Mike McCarthy versus Aaron Rodgers, if it's true, if it's not type of situation, if you know uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers has tried to sabotage his relationship with the new head coach, Matt LaFleur already. um, If their general manager has told Aaron Rodgers to not be the problem or not, I don't care about any of that shit because I don't think it's very important when it comes down to football. I think Aaron Rodgers will and always does handle his business as a professional and will continue to do so. So I don't want to talk about any of that stuff. I don't care about any of that shit because we could talk about it in circles and it goes nowhere just like the rest of the media has been doing for the last several weeks. And I do not understand what we're still talking about because Mike McCarthy's not even there in Green Bay anymore.
1: Ratings, ratings, ratings. But
2: here we are. And I want to talk about something that's actually important. I want to talk about the rest of Aaron Rodgers' career as an individual. I want to know how you guys think his career is going to end because I've really thought about it a lot and – For me, he's one of those guys I'm so uncertain about, not because of what I think he's capable of, but what the Packers are going to do to build around him for the next couple of years. But guys, I do think Aaron Rodgers, if healthy, can play at a very high level until he's 40. I really do. I think this with this age of evolution and, and the way these guys Arm are taking talent. care of their bodies now, the, the, yeah. the intangible, I, I I've said all along, I think he's a better overall quarterback than Tom Brady. Yes. He just has not been healthier. And, and you know, Tom Brady has had better, I think a better system around him, better players around him, a better coach. There's no question about that. And so he benefited off of that. However, the knock on Aaron Rodgers is his health. He's been hurt a lot lately. And so I'm concerned about that as he's now 35 years old. We don't know what he's going to have around him this year. We don't. I don't expect this team to be great next season at all, and I, I, I'm just very uncertain about this. I usually feel like I have a good grip on what I expect from a player for years to come. If you ask me about several players, I could give you like a five year plan. But I really don't know how this is going to go. And I want to get your guys' thoughts first. And then I'll try to accumulate mine out of what you guys have said. And then I feel like we could draw some sort of conclusion of what we think. Trevor, I want to start with you on this because I know you've been a big Aaron Rodgers guy. You and know I have had yeah. a lot of debates because I, I love Aaron Rodgers too. But I, you think he's – Arguably the greatest of all time yeah, as far as and, football play. And, yeah. So I want to hear your thoughts on this because I know that this, this is a very big one for you, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, he's been my guy. I mean, it's funny cause I growing up, Brett Favre was my favorite player him and Tony Gonzalez, but Brett Favre was always my guy as far as quarterbacks go. And then it just so happened to be Aaron Rodgers. kind of fell right into the footsteps. And I've loved him since uh, I love the guy to death. man. I think as far as quarterback play, I don't think I've ever seen as more of a talented quarterback throwing the football. Um, as far as the rest of his career goes, yeah, I mean, right now, man, he's got Devontae Devonte Adams, who I think is a top ten receiver in this league, is a legitimate number one. Outside of that, man, he they've got to protect Aaron Rodgers. He's consistently getting hit, and that that leads to his injuries. I mean, yeah, he's he's getting older. He's get that's the difference between what we saw with Peyton Manning as he aged and what we've seen with Brady as he's aged, what we've seen of Drew Brees as he's aged. They've had protection. They've invested. Aaron Rodgers hasn't had that luxury man and it's not fair to him i think he's more talented than all of them i think he's more talented than all of them they some of them may have a better iq you can argue that whatever i don't think any of them have more talent than Aaron Rodgers, and it's being wasted on injury because he's cons- consistently getting hit he's always in the top 10 most hit quarterbacks and it's not fair to him man um they've got to get some weapons they need they have to start by getting at least a legitimate number two receiver or a maybe drafting a legitimate tight end in this draft. There's a lot of – and I think they will. Um, He's got – I think his running backs are are decent. I think Aaron Jones, when healthy, is a a good running back. And then Jamal Williams is a decent backup to him. But, you know, we've seen Eddie Lacy be a bust. Um, Couldn't control his weight issues. So he's had issues. You know, Jimmy Graham came in and tried to do some things. but He's a corpse now pretty much. Um, I don't know, man. They've got to work on that defense also too. But the defense is improving. Um, they've gotten rid of a lot of pieces, but I, I, this is how I look at Aaron Rodgers. I give him just as much as anyone, any other top quarterbacks, the chance to win at all every single season, just by him being him. Um, and the numbers he puts in year in year out, you know, barring injury, supposedly last season he played through a fractured leg. I don't know if I believe that or not, or if that's his camp putting that out there. Who knows? I, be, I mean, I wouldn't doubt it for a second. The guys played through numerous injuries and um, is tough as nails. But it's got to start with protecting him. If you protect him, the guy can make anything happen. We've seen the hail mary plays. We've seen the pull out of his ass plays, um, similar to what we've seen with Mahomes. You know, mimicking those kind of things. Um, love the guy to death, man. I definitely can see another ring in the future if they build around him. If, they, if you know, if they do the right things, you know, give him extra pieces to, to work. I mean, he's been working with nobody's really besides Devontae Adams, man, and it's. It's not fair to him. They got to protect him, number one, and they got to build a def- d- decent defense to, you know, stop the opposing teams. So that's me.
0: Uh, I, man, Aaron Rodgers. Whew. The thing about Aaron Rodgers is he battles too many injuries. I, I think that's one thing that's going to lead him out of this league sooner rather than later. He, like you said, he, he they supposedly he played with a broken, uh, foot or whatever he broke uh, whatever. Yeah. But it's just – he doesn't have that protection. I, I just think he, he's just going to break down, man, uh, to be honest with you. I, I don't think he's going to be playing till he's 40, 41. His days might be counted. Like, he hasn't shown any improvement ever uh, since his uh, – one of his serious injuries last year that he only played, what, like half the – not even half the season, I think. And It's just – Great quarterback. I, I love Aaron Rodgers. Great quarterback, but Green Bay Packers are not not a known team for drafting talent. They're they're not known for that. They're not, they're, they're not known for building around Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, they, they got they have one Super Bowl, but other than that, what have they done ever since then?
1: They yeah. haven't done anything. Well Aaron Rodgers got the bag too, so he's he's already paid. I, so they yeah, have no so, choice other than getting some pieces. Yeah. to move on from that so. well
2: here's the thing he since he's been in the since he became a starter in 2008 and let me let me preface my entire argument by saying the Packers have been arguably the luckiest franchise in NFL history when it comes to quarterbacks because of the fact that you go from you know what they had in the past with Bart starr and then you go to uh, uh Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers I mean yeah. it, it's it's almost it's it's It just like wow, like how do you how do you manage to get that lucky that often? Um, So I think they've definitely benefited off that because I don't think if they had those guys if they if they didn't have Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers all these years they would be the Browns of the NFC where they're just constantly winning four or five games a season and looking for their guy. Right. Um, So they definitely lucked out with that, and and I agree. Um, Since Aaron Rodgers took over as uh, the starting quarterback in 2008, he has the highest quarterback rating in in the NFL. Actually, has the highest quarterback rating in NFL history. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he now surpassed Tony Romo for the highest fourth quarterback, fourth quarter rating in NFL history. Um, only twice in his entire career has he had more than 10 interceptions. And the last time he did that was in 2010. So his interception, he has the highest touchdown to interception ratio in NFL history. Um, the thing, the problem for Aaron Rodgers, like we talked about is, is the obvious he's, he gets injured. Um, uh, in 2013, he missed seven games uh, with a broken collarbone. And then in 2017, I believe he broke his collarbone again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony Barr hit him and yeah. then he missed nine games that season. And you saw that the, the Packers just went downhill when they didn't have him. Um, th- the thing for me isn't the injuries that I think is going to be the reason that he might have a downfall. I think it's the fact that you're now seeing that the Packers aren't – a franchise ready to build around a superstar. And what I mean by that is, you've seen that they have lucked out with having Brett Favre, who never missed a game, yeah. literally never missed a game as a Packer. And then you saw Aaron Rodgers come in and literally play better football. So they weren't in a rush or in a hurry to try to say, you know what, let's build around these guys. Th- they had such greatness, they didn't need to right. in order for them to have success. Even that Packers team that won in 2010, the Super Bowl, if you look at that offense, like, you put any other real, like, put Tom Brady in that in that position. They probably would be really good. Mm-hmm. I don't think they win the Super Bowl, though, because what Aaron Rodgers did on that, they were, a, they, first of all, they were a wild card team. Yep. Okay. They had to go on the road three times and to win. Most, one of the most to, impressive to, Super Bowl cards yes, ever. And, and, and he goes in there, there, he goes in there and absolutely, no, that, that, I know which one you're talking about, but I'm talking about 2010. <laughs> That's a different year. In 2010, yeah, know, he goes but, into Atlanta, the number yeah. one seed, and beats that ass. A much better team than they were beats that ass goes and beats the Steelers in the Super Bowl. That was because of Aaron Rodgers. That was a great. It, that was a great
1: Steelers team, too. and it
2: wasn't even a debate. Yeah. You you put thirty other quarterbacks on that team, they don't win the Super Bowl. No. In my opinion, Aaron Rodgers
1: had we did it the with, most too, unprecedented
2: know? run I've ever seen in NFL. Eli Manning did it as a wild card. You know Joe Flacco's done it. Back of that, defense, but those guys, though. those guys were not doing things that Aaron Rodgers was doing with that football. It just wasn't happening. He made Jordy Nelson. A borderline Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Like he made he made Greg Jennings look like like an absolute superstar at times. Right. He made uh, James Jones. He he James Jones led the league in touchdowns one year, and then goes to the Raiders, and I don't even know if he had three touchdowns the next season. I mean, you're looking at a guy that that was absolutely transcendent. He, for me, when he's at his best, I would say that he's probably the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. The problem, though, is unlike Drew Brees, unlike uh, Peyton Manning, unlike Tom Brady, you know, these are the, it's the longevity and the health. Now, I will defend him in the fact what Trevor said. He has not had the protection, so I will give him that. Mm. What I fear, though, is what Eddie said. I don't think that he his health will be able to, stay, to sustain because of the Packers, not because of him. I don't think he's injury prone. I don't. I think he's had injuries, but I don't think he's injury prone. I think that he's just had his bad luck. And I think it's because of the fact that I don't believe the Packers have had his best interest in mind. And a lot of people want to talk about his attitude. A lot of people want to talk about his attitude, and, and, and he doesn't give his best. I think that's complete shit. I think Aaron Rodgers is a very good teammate. I think he's done. I think he's made his mistakes. Greg Jennings came on Colin Cowherd show this week and said some stuff about how he tried to, you know, get you know Aaron Rodgers to talk to him and stuff. But besides all that stuff, my point is when it comes to the football player, I expect Aaron Rodgers to still put up numbers. I just don't think he's going to put up as big a numbers as he has in the past because not because of his age. Because like I said, I think he can have a long career still. But I think it's because of the fact that the Packers have not been known to sign free agents. They've not been known to to, to draft incredible players around their quarterback. I think that this is going to, unfortunately end in a way that we wouldn't like to see happen because of the fact that he plays for them. Now, if he played for a better franchise, I, I would be with Trevor and say that I think there's another ring in the balance here. I do not, I do not expect him to even get close to another Super Bowl, unfortunately, because he's that great. And I think he can get them as far as he can as far as getting them into the playoffs again. But if when it comes to matchups, when it comes to, you know, having Aaron Rodgers have players around him that he can rely on, I do not see it. Hopefully I'm wrong. But as it currently stands, I think his career is going to end with one Super Bowl, a ton of numbers, probably still the greatest quarterback rating of all time, probably the, still the best touchdown interception. From ratio because of how accurate he is I just don't think that he's going to have more success when it comes to team success
1: I think he's one offensive piece away from being a legitimate contender because he has right now he has Devonte Adams who I think is the best receiver he's ever had I think he's a, I think he's better than Jordy Nelson uh, as far as talent Jordy like you said he made Jordy Nelson into what he was Jordy Nelson you know was a, a, a decent college player came from you know playing corner and became an elite so, sort of elite Wide receiver within that system, um, I, I'm just—it's hard for me to count the guy out, man. We've seen him time and time again. Yeah, this this last season was hard to watch. Um, he was just—you can just tell—he wasn't not even eighty percent himself. So, but I think him and Devonta Adams, and they get another like they draft a, a really really good tight end or another because there's a lot of good offensive talent in this draft as far as receivers go. If they get you know um, a, a top end or maybe make some moves, I'm not sure. I just think. It's hard for me to see Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers and not being a threat to getting hardware. I just don't. It's hard for me to even see that being. Because this year it was an anomaly because he just wasn't himself. Yes, he was playing every week. But the team was banged up. He was banged up. And none of the running backs to stay healthy. The offensive line was atrocious. He was constantly getting hit and still getting up and playing. But are they going to get better? That's what I'm saying. They have. Not. They have. That's the not. point. I think they can. He, I think he just I think, had I think twenty-five touchdowns changed, and two
2: interceptions and right. missed the playoffs.
1: Right. I know that's what I'm saying. Like, but that's what makes me. That's why I don't want to give up yet. Because how much worse can it really get from last year? A lot worse. I don't know. I don't know if it can. Okay, last year was Remove, bad, remove man.
2: Aaron Rodgers from this team as it currently stands. Are they? A five-win team, even that? No, I think will no. I
1: think they'll be more than that. I think they'll win. No, at I'm least. saying what? you. You take yeah.
2: Aaron Rodgers off the oh, team off right the now.
1: Team. Okay, no, 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 uh, absolutely no, not. No, so no, no. I way. didn't hear you full question. <laughs> my bad. So
2: you could make the case <laughs> that Aaron Rodgers is the best football player in the NFL. You could make yes, that case absolutely. Okay, but you you put him on. I would say there are a top five team in the draft this next season mm-hmm. without Aaron Rodgers. You put him on that team. I, I have a hard time believing that team is one piece away from being a contender. No. That's my point, Trevor. Yeah, I, I think that's they how good. That's how it. good
1: I think he is when he's healthy. There's nobody he, that can lead a team. He's
2: good, but he can't carry a team that has no talent besides All right, him. Compare them. Compare them. Compare them to an AFC team. This is my comparison. I think they're the. I think they're the Raiders. Devonte Adams is the Antonio Brown of their team, right? Yeah. And they have a bunch of nobodies on that on their rosters, right? Yep. Okay, so put Aaron Rodgers on the Raiders right now. Are they a playoff team? No. No, they are not. They are not. They are not a playoff team. He There's might no put up way. numbers. They do not have a run Antonio game. Brown? They do not have an offensive line, and they do not have a defense.
1: You put Raiders' defense wasn't that bad last year. They <laughs> it was the worst pass
2: defense or yeah, pass Yeah, rush. yeah their
1: pass defense was – They were awful. Yeah, they couldn't hit the quarterback, but they honestly weren't as bad as they expected them to be. But anyways, that's – yeah, I mean, yeah, they may not be –
0: I just don't trust playoff Green Bay. Team. I just don't trust Green Bay to build around Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that, that is Aaron true, Rodgers.
1: though. I like the point you made about the quarterback talent that Green Bay has always had kind of masking the – the inability of the franchise itself. I never actually thought of it that way. That that actually makes a lot of sense because um, we've always known them to have Hall of Fame-level quarterback players. So we've never really seen that franchise really struggle in that area. To? So I mean, maybe. But yeah. maybe. See, even, I
2: mean, who, even as great as Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers were,
1: they, they only have,
2: have no. They only have two Super Bowls. Right. Yeah. Like that's insane to think when your franchise has two of the ten greatest quarterbacks of all time, and you only have two Super that's Bowls to I show feel for like, it. That's, like, that's, why that's why I insane. Feel like,
1: that's why I feel like the coaching change could be a big kick in the ass to, for not only the the the, the, the front office and and to you know to to, 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 to be, be uncomfortable to make moves, but for Aaron Rodgers to kind of. You know, especially all the shit talk that's been happening, you know, with, with a lot of his name and a lot of people's mouths. I feel like he's going to be more motivated this year than we've seen in a long time, maybe ever, to kind of shut up the haters. And him playing with a chip on his shoulder, that's scary, dude. Aaron Rodgers playing with a chip on his shoulder, I feel like he's always the kind of guy that likes that. So him kind of having an edge on anybody, you know, him going out there and feeling like he needs to prove something still, that's scary. That's the same way I feel like with LeBron. I feel like when LeBron gets out there playing with a chip on his shoulder, when he's still getting doubted, when everyone knows who he is, that's the scariest position to be in and being on the on the opposite side of that. So I, We've seen them be great with lackluster talent, and I think he's got the best receiver he's had in his career. And If they get a goal and they draft a nice young tight end, that could be a legitimate threat downfield. Maybe get a running back somewhere. If Aaron Jones – I think Aaron Jones is a talented running back, but they've got to work on that O-line first, I just and they've have... got to get some defensive pieces. I know Hockock Clinton-Dix isn't there anymore, and I know they've let go of a lot of other guys.
0: I just don't see the, the,
1: the Packers making – any playoff run anytime soon. Yeah, yeah there's mean,
0: a there's a coaching change. the all Bears and being the butt, as good as they are right now too. They're,
1: they're, it, <laughs> I know it's hard to see, man, but I just, it's so hard for me to yeah. like – it's probably a bias on my mind because I've just i watched the yeah. guy all, all his career and I love the guy and I, I never count him out. It's hard for me to just to say well, – to give up on him uh, before the season well, even starts.
2: Speaking of the playoffs actually, yeah. guys, um, there's actually some playoffs that I want to talk about. And it's not, has nothing to do with the NFL, has nothing to do with the Packers. And we're going to swing right into it because I want to fit go. it into this segment. The NBA playoffs are starting up. And I, t- I told everybody beginning of this podcast the, tonight, this episode, um, which by the way is our episode nine, um, that we want to talk a little bit more NBA. Now I'm going to, I'm going to keep this very, I'm not going to do the, you know, matchup by matchup, you know, leading into the finals. I want to get right to the juicy part of it. Um, the NBA finals is going to be very different this year because for the first time in nine seasons, we don't have LeBron James involved uh, with the playoffs at all. So this is going to be a very unique situation and how much people are interested in this year. But well, let's, let's just say it goes really, really well and we get right to the finals. Um, I don't want to assume anything from you guys. I want to get your guys' thoughts on this real quick. Uh, real quick, Trevor, give me your finals prediction. Who do you expect to be matching up in the finals? How many games does it go and who is
1: the champion? Um, I didn't really think about how many games it goes. I didn't give it that much thought as far as that's so hard for me to just – that's just – I mean, I can throw them out there. But Western Conference Finals, I have Rockets Warriors. I think that's kind of the unanimous Western Conference Finals unless somebody upsets somebody there. I have the Rockets winning. Really? Ooh. Yes. I got to hear this shit. I Ooh. think the Rockets um, – I think they're going to be more – I think this is when James Harden finally puts – I think this is when he finally puts the pedal to the metal, man. I know we haven't seen it. And I know they had the Warriors pinned – last year and Chris, Chris Paul, Paul got hurt. hurt. Yep. If, if they can maintain health, Chris Paul gets in Steph Curry's ass and we've seen it. We've seen the, we've seen the opposite. We've seen Steph Curry burn him too. I, and I think they have, I think they have this, this edge on them right now. And I know they got boogie now and I know they've been featuring boogie a lot, but I think, he, I think Clint Capella matches up with boogie pretty well. Um, I think he's a better rebounder than boogie, but Boogie's is this uh, absolute beast inside, but we'll see. I think they I think they edge him out. That's me. And I think it goes 6.
2: So you have the Rockets beating who? The Warriors. No, I'm
1: the Rockets beating who in the finals? Oh no, I'm just I'm just bringing it up Western Conference finals I have Rockets yeah. Warriors <laughs> with Rockets coming. Because that's already hot taking it since so who
2: who do you have the Rockets
1: beating? I get you. <laughs> okay. And then I got Bucks and 76ers in the East. Okay. I got Sixers winning that series. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I got Rockets 76ers and I got Rockets winning the finals.
2: Holy shit, man. I, yeah. I, I wasn't expecting that oh, because yes, sir. I'll, I'll get to I'm that in a second. I'm to get I want to get your thoughts, Eddie. Who do you got in the finals, man? And now, how many games? Who wins? Are we doing Western Conference? Go ahead. because Trevor set the precedent. Go ahead. Go, right, go with man. it. Go
0: with it. For the Western Conference finals, I'm going to have uh, Warriors OKC. I believe PG-13 pulls this team out, out, out of his ass and he, he takes them to the Western Conference finals. I believe pg Wakes up that beast of, of Russell Westbrook in the in the playoffs. We we haven't we we only seen Russell Westbrook choke in the playoffs, but I, I think this year is going to be different. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna go to the go play the Warriors, and that, that's that's going to be the end of the run for the for the Thunder. I love the Thunder. I'm a huge follower, but it, I just don't see them beating uh, Golden State on the eastern it's conference bad matchup finals, man on the eastern conference finals i have i have the 76ers and the bucks and i have the 76ers going to uh, winning in 6 games There there go uh, I, I have I, I think the 76ers are that team that that can and will make it to the finals yep i agree now i got golden state and the 76ers I, I i my money's on golden state on 7 that, that's that's my that's where my money is at I, I think the 76ers are good enough to give them a, a run for their money it's not going to be easier for the Wars. i know kevin durant wants that third ring to tie, to tie lebron but it's not going to be easy it's going to go to seven and I, I believe the golden state just pulls off
2: okay well i, I want to talk about trev's for a second Let's because go, that's, a, that's a sizzling take bro because you're talking about you're you're putting your faith in James Harden, who time and time again <laughs> yeah, yeah. has choked in the playoffs yep. and has played awful. I do agree with your Chris Paul take about that because they did have the Warriors on the ropes. They had him, dude. They should have won that series had he not pulled his hamstring. I totally agree with you. Here's the problem, though: the Rockets are not as good as they were last year. They're just not. They've relied heavily on James Harden scoring 36 points a game just to put them in the position they're in, I and they're not like the number one seed. Times. You have to think about that, Trevor. Mm-hmm. The Rockets had home court advantage last, last year, yeah. which means that they had the advantage on the Warriors of having to go into the into did Houston. Did you watch them play each other this year? Yes, yes, I did, and the Rockets outperformed them. I right. don't disagree with you there. Okay. I'm talking about a seven-game series now, it's and a, having Golden disc- State with the actual home court. Now, I will
1: give you this: you No, know, Golden State's not as good as they were last year. I, too, I, right? That was
2: what I was going to say. Yeah. Golden State also isn't as good as, ironically, but they do have the X factor of having four prolific All-Pro players. But and what made
1: all- what made the Warriors so not to interrupt you? But what made no, the war- what made the Warriors so dangerous is how fast they played, absolutely, and how quick they were to get down. The court and then dish it out for a quick three to Steph or, or yes. KD to hit a stop and pop real quick. Yes. Now with boogie in the mix, it slows their offense down. I don't disagree with that. My right. point
2: is they are more talented than the Rockets sure. and their for superstars sure. are always- far more proven in the playoffs than James Harden and Chris Paul are. Yep. It's not even a question. So I, 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 I like, I like your stance. I think it's very original. I just cannot agree with you in this yeah. at all because the Warriors are the by far best team in the NBA, and it's not close. I'm taking the field. I, I like your take. I just I don't agree with it at all. Yeah. I, I have I actually do have the Rockets making the Western Conference Finals again. I think the Thunder will give them some serious hell in that uh, semi. I do I, I do expect. I think the but see that's another thing. The the Thunder, to me, I can't trust them because of the roster. Ironically, they're They're not not not. deep. Exactly, you're relying on Stephen Adams, who's averaging like eight points a game, to be your third best player. PG is going to ball out. It's not enough. They're they're not beating the Rockets. Um, Second of all, in the Eastern Conference Finals, I I fully expect what you guys said: Bucks and Sixers.
1: It's a great. I am taking the Bucks.
2: Okay, the Bucks had a 60 win season this year, and Giannis Antetokounmpo is probably maybe right now, currently, besides LeBron James, the best player in basketball. I think he is. By I think he is should be a slam dunk MVP. Mm-hmm. I think that they they have the perfect mix on their roster. They don't have a ton of superstars, but their team complements uh uh game so well. And here's the biggest concern I have: the Sixers I think can actually beat the Bucks. I I could no, actually they're the go, more talented team. Actually, going into this week before our show, I was actually considering the, the Sixers, mm-hmm. but here's the problem. Joel Embiid might not play this first series. Now I know they might be resting him, but let's be honest here: the Brooklyn Nets are no joke. So the Brooklyn Nets could actually give them a run. I'm not saying that the Sixers are going to beat them, yeah. but I'm saying without Joel Embiid, the Sixers have no shot of getting. None to of the those finals. guys
1: in the Nets have any playoff experience. I
2: get that. I'm saying that without Joel Embiid, the Sixers are not a championship team. It's not even close. He is a top five MVP. They've been resting this
1: year. Jimmy Butler all year. They've been I'm, letting him sit out games just I, for I this reason for this playoff push, and it's going to be fun to watch. I'm, picking, gonna...
2: I'm picking the Bucks and six. I think okay. the Bucks. Because they have home court advantage, they go in to play the 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 Warriors in the finals, and the Warriors are going to absolutely obliterate them. It's going to happen. The Warriors are going to win that series in five games. Now, I hope, I hope it's the Warriors and Sixers because of the fact that me and Eddie have a hundred dollar bet on that. And I, and what was it? That's that, a uh,
1: great matchup for both teams. I think it'd be That'd great. Be so fun I, to watch. I
2: think it'd be great. But I said that it was going to be five games that the Warriors win that series. Yeah. Eddie said seven. So I'm gonna say that Eddie if, 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 if either way, I, we both picked the Warriors, but if it goes seven, Eddie owes me hundred dollars. So I'm all for that I don't, one, for sure. the league, seven, I don't think there's a better team in the
0: league.
2: I don't think there's a better team. Sorry, than, the other way around. I don't yes. think
1: there's a better team in the league that matches up with the Warriors better than the Sixers. Because look at all the position players. You got Butler, who I think he could play Curry or he could like, he play Curry, KD, or he could play Clay. Right, he can lock. He can lock damn near either one of them. I mean, maybe not lock down KD, but he can definitely get in Steph's ass, and he can definitely get in Clay's yeah. ass. Yeah, and I think Boogie and and, and Joel and B would be so fun to watch. I mean, the tech, the technical calls are gonna be. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's gonna be so fun to watch, man. And then and then uh, Tobias Harris and Clay Thompson. That's gonna be a fun match. This is gonna be a that that, that I want that real so quick. Bad. Real
2: quick, before we go, I think we're almost out of time on this segment, Trevor. Who's your MVP and Rookie of the Year?
1: MVP is Giannis, in his runaway. Rookie of the Year is Luca. Easy.
2: Uh, same, same, exactly, exactly. All three agreed, right there.
1: I got stats to prove why. Giannis, Giannis onto
2: the Kumpo MVP. I think by far. I know James Harden had a great season, and Paul George had a great season. It is Giannis by a mile. Luka Doncic had some some competition with Trey Young, but as the season progressed, Trey Young. Yes, Luka Doncic by far. We're gonna come back for another couple segments, guys. Actually, uh, when we get back, fill in the cracks with Eddie Ortiz. He's gonna inform us on some things that we may have missed, and of course, hold this L. We'll be back for that after this. Wasteland Society, an apparel brand inspired by the underground, the weird, the youth, post-punk, 80s and 90s pop culture, and the idea of living life on the opposite end of the spectrum to the fullest. Hand printed in Kansas City using an eco-friendly printing process on sweatshop-free garments that are ethically made in the USA. Find them. We are Wasteland Society on Instagram. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number five here in the Casey Coast studios with my guy Eddie Ortiz yo,
1: yo, yo. and Trevor Twidwell. What's going on? Uh,
2: before we get into the fill in the cracks with Eddie Ortiz, we're actually going to correct ourselves because in the in the break we were actually talking about uh, the, the fact seating. that we, we were under the assumption, because obviously we're dumbasses, that uh, the Rockets and the Warriors could actually face each other in the finals when that's actually not true because of their seating. Um, if they both win their first round matchup, the Rockets and Warriors would ultimately face each other in the semis. Yeah. So that means that
1: Trevor, your prediction: Are you going to stick with the Rockets stick, beating the Warriors? I'm going to stick with the Rockets in the finals, so they would have to beat them instead of the Western Conference Finals in the second round. Yeah. So.
0: So who yep. would you have them play in the
1: the Western Conference Finals? Um, maybe Denver. Oh, nice. I think Denver. Are Denver people still sleep on Denver. Dude, they've been great all year. So I think it's definitely a possibility for them to do. I, I'd have to sit there and think about it, but, and don't see on the Spurs either. I mean, anytime Popovich is in the playoffs, you can't really count them out either. So, and it could be OKC as well. So, I mean, I don't really know, man, it, it, anybody, but I have them coming out of the West. Really? I, I
2: actually agree. Now that I know, now that we have actually looked at the bracket before we did that prediction,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, and we're going to admit to the listeners, yeah, we we,
2: we were under the <laughs> assumption that the Warriors and Rockets could yeah. play each other. Hey, in We this, were
0: going off of the finals. NFL ranking, right. kind of. The, the best team always plays the worst team. But and again,
2: maybe we should.
0: I, I, I got a little confused, so I I took a little I, I digged a little deeper and <laughs> maybe we uh, all should just hold this L yeah. because that was pretty bad. One but,
1: too many beers. But
2: I would say I would say that opens it up big time for the Thunder to uh to make, make the it, Western yeah, yeah. absolutely. Finals. Yeah, yeah. And Thunder, in fact, sure. I'm going to say that I say that the Warriors do uh overcome the uh, the the uh, Thunder in the Western Conference Finals. I think that's going to probably be a, be a fun five six five six game series. I think that you know Russell Westbrook can give you one incredible game in OKC. Paul George is going to average 30 in that series but the Warriors are just too star studded and What I want
1: to see I want to see Warriors 76ers in the finals. Yes. But well, my pick the the is The seating doesn't hurt that. <laughs> no no no. I mean, and, and I want I want to that's what I want to see but I think I think it's going to be Rockets 76ers and I think the the 76ers have a a really good advantage but I think the Rockets pulled out. Yeah.
2: All right. So Eddie, it is time to fill in the cracks my man. I know you've been waiting all week for this. This is our this is your favorite it's segment.
0: All, it's always a uh, you know uh, So go ahead and t- go ahead go ahead and take it away, brother. All right, man. Uh, I just want to get started with the Champions League. We had a little bit of Champions League action this week, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, with some great, great, great matchups. Now, the, the most expected matchup was Barcelona against Manchester United. That was the biggest game of the of the week. Uh, of the quarterfinals, Champions League's quarterfinals. Um now Messi did get a little banged up, but I don't think it's gonna be anything serious. He he might. Not, I don't think he's playing this weekend with his uh, team in La Liga. Uh, I think he's he's gonna be rested because of the way Chris Smalling just tossed him. Uh, I saw I saw a replay and it looked like he he just wanted to hurt Messi. And I don't know. So with uh, Barcelona who played Manchester United. It it was a one nil win for Barcelona with an own goal by uh, Luke Shaw. It was a great great game. I didn't get to watch most of it, but what I watched, it was it was pretty pretty darn good. Then we had another great matchup. This is uh one of the best English matchups we have in the quarterfinals. We have Tottenham playing Manchester City. Now, this matchup is is great in many ways because Tottenham is a great team. Manchester City is obviously on the race for the title with about five, six games remaining. So Tottenham won it on the 78th minute with the Suns goal. Was it lucky? I don't know. But they they won it with uh, 41 possession. They did have more shots on target. I mean, with four compared to the two that Manchester City had. But Manchester City had just had control of the game. And I don't know where Tottenham got that one, you know, that one counterattack and just got it. So that's that's another game. Then we had two other games that, I mean, they were pretty big. But, I mean, nothing as big as the, the last two I just mentioned. We had Liverpool playing Porto. And obviously Porto is like the underdog. In, in, in that game uh for them to beat Liverpool would be like a miracle so they did they did fall 2-0 to Liverpool was that expected yes it, would we see Porto lift lift up and come back on the on the second leg I highly doubt it just because there's just the smaller team like I said they're the underdog have we seen it before done yes. It would be shocking if that actually happened. It would it would be really shocking because Liverpool is one of the favorites to win the Champions League. So for for Porto, one of the teams that are like obviously the underdog to to come out and beat them. It's hard to tell. So we will see on that. Then yeah. we have Ajax and Juventus. That's the last matchup. Uh great matchup. Uh it was a great, great fought game. Uh they both uh I mean Ajax just dominated just dominated Juventus. Uh, Juventus did not know how to how to play that game. The, Ajax just played the, the game of their lives. Obviously, they're the underdogs because Juventus has Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. So, obviously, anybody who plays against Cristiano Ronaldo is obviously the underdog. But what we saw in that game is it's unbelievable because Ajax just knew how to shut Ronaldo down, how to shut Juventus down. Yes, Ronaldo got a goal, but... I just the way they shut them down is just unbelievable. Can they do it again? Let's hope so. But they're playing in in, in uh, Juventus home. They're playing in Italy, so we will see. Uh, I mean, Juventus are the favorites to win it, but it's so so close. The matchup is so close because it's just other than Ronaldo, you have I mean, you have your Dybala's. Your you have a uh, Cadida, You have a. Uh, Douglas Costa, you have Cuadrado, but when it comes to big games, those guys just disappear. They're they're the, you know they're there, but did, can you find them? Not, not really, man. It's just it's hard for me to see Juventus come out come out on a win on this. I'm just gonna go on a limb and say Ajax will eliminate Juventus in the quarterfinal. Let's see what happens in this next uh, next week's game, but that's gonna be my prediction on that. All right, so. Moving along from uh, Champions League, we're going to go into what I love, my, my other love, which is Formula One. Not a lot of fans probably that listen, uh, watch Formula One, but it, it, it is the the motorsport everybody watches, like worldwide. This is a worldwide motorsport, and I love it. I love it. There's always the, – the tracks are always packed, doesn't matter where they go. Uh so this is week three in Formula One. Week three will be raced in China. Um uh, what would have happened this 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 weekend uh last weekend we obviously saw Charles Leclerc Leclerc uh with a heartbreaking loss. He did pick a podium in third place, but from leading the entire pretty much the entire race and having his turbo like Pretty much gone with it, with like 13 to to 15 laps remaining on the on the on the race. It was just heartbreaking seeing him get passed by Lewis Hamilton and uh, Valtteri Bottas. It it was heartbreaking. Me as a Ferrari fan, I, I I man, I almost teared up for the guy, man, because he had everything to win that race, and to for him seeing him the way he lost that race, it, it's just heartbreaking. Lewis Hamilton, who won the race, did did talk to him. Did he even commented on his own team radio? like, man, I feel I feel bad for for Charles Leclerc, but you know, it's part of this. It's part of the sport, and you know, he just has to lift his head up, let not let this be like something to drag him down. Let this be a lesson, and you know, just move forward. And I, we it, me as a Ferrari fan, I appreciated that from Lewis Hamilton. He was being humble, and obviously everybody in the entire formula one was like heartbroken for Charles Leclerc. He's 21 years old. He's coming up and uh, the way he's driving, man, he, he can come down to be one of the best drivers Ferrari has seen in a, it's since Michael Schumacher. And, and that's saying a lot, but I mean, it's still his first season. It's only been two races, but what he has shown so far, it, it's man, it's potential. And, and I, I love the kid, man. he, he fucking he wants to race and he wants to win. I love that about him. So hopefully hopefully this weekend he can come out on top and get that win that he deserved last week. I I just uh, I just hope that Ferrari can get their shit together and and get the 1-2 finish that they need. They they really need the 1-2 to to get back into the into the title race. Uh they have to get the 1-2. Obviously you got your Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas from Mercedes, just having uh, like unbelievable starts to the season. It's uh, both uh, I believe is one two finishes in two races, so that, that that's that's hard to do. But at the end of the day, they did they they were a little lucky in uh, last uh, two weeks ago. So let's just hope uh, Ferrari can come out on top and force that Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, and then. One last little topic I wanted to talk about. I didn't want to talk about it too much because it's depressing on its own. It's sporting losing in the Concacaf Champions League. Sad, but yeah, you know it 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 happens. Uh, let's
1: just move on. <laughs>
2: I like how you're just like, yeah, you got to
1: grow from it, man.
2: Let's just let's just move on. I want to mention it. It sucks, and let's just rip that scab off right away. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I appreciate that, Eddie. Um, really appreciate you always letting us know things that, um, some of us uh um, based uh, sports fans when it comes to just baseball, basketball, and football, you know, we need to learn some of these things and I appreciate that. And we've actually had a lot of people asking uh, for you to to touch on some of these things. So that's always good. So that's Eddie Ortiz filling in the cracks. Let's give him a little hey. hand. So good job, brother. But now we're going to move on to our favorite segment of the week. You guys all know it. You guys all love it. Guys. What's it called? Hold this L. It's time. I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> the
1: who? The her.
2: I'm talking like caps lock L-L-L-L-L-L-L. l l cool J stuff. Hold that L.
1: <laughs> Good God, man. Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, pulsating oh cool L. <laughs> man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant bastard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold
2: Hold this L. Hold This L, brought to you by Casey Beard Co. Caseybeardco.com, providing you with beard and skin care products that you can use on a daily basis to take care of your beard and skin, made with 100% organic ingredients in Kansas City over the last five years. Caseybeardco.com, 100% organic ingredients, 100% organic manliness. All right, guys, here we are. This is our favorite time. This is our ninth Hold whoop This L. Whoop. We're moving in almost into the double digits. Nine and we times. have yet, and hopefully I'm not, and you know, hold on, hold board. on. Let me, our, table, our, our table is <laughs> nine, wood, nine, so nine, nine, let nine. me knock on it because we've never had the same L to hand out. So, Eddie, as always, oh, oh, i going, going right back to you, bro. All Who do shit. you got holding this L, brother?
0: I'm going to give it to none other than
2: Sporting Kansas City. God damn it. That's why you moved on from it so I, quick. You wanted to hold I on Exactly.
0: To that. I didn't want to talk too much about it. Uh, it, it <laughs> It, it was sad, it was depressing It was It was a shit it, it, They played like shit It was
2: a whole shit It was a shit was a nice it piece was, of shit <laughs> uh, it, it was one of the worst
0: <laughs> It was one of the worst things I've ever seen uh, They did not only lose Five two in this game, but they lost in five five nil. Yeah, in the first leg. So a combination of ten to two in just two yeah. games. Got bent over. You cannot, and I repeat, you cannot <sighs> let that happen to you. Sporting Kansas City, they have the team to compete. Yeah. I just, I don't know what happened. Maybe just they just. <sighs> Saw that it was a Mexican team, and they were like, "Oh shit, you know, we're we, we're gonna lose." And fuck, man, they got penetrated so bad. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> this this has been a great one so far, man. I love it. <laughs> this is, a lot of heavy breathing. Might, this might be your a lot best of heavy one, <laughs> oh, man. I, I, sporting Kansas City. I don't know what the fuck. I, I don't know what. Yeah, I just don't know what to say. Uh,
2: sporting Kansas City. Please, if you could be so just kind and just hold this, this L, because that L, because you guys were shit. That L, that L, that L was a shit. Uh, <laughs> just, oh, it wasn't the shit. It was a, <laughs> a shit. <laughs> Thank you for the. It was just one turd <laughs> It was it a was whole a, shit. Yeah, it wasn't a whole. It shit, was an it was entire t- complete shit. <laughs> it was a loaf. Thank you for a that yeah, Trev. 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 Hi man. Who's holding L for you this week, man?
1: I know most of you know this one, but I got to give mine to Antonio Brown, man. Um, oh, come up, mi- a- no, it's Mister Big Chest. I'm yeah, right. Mister, yeah, I'm yeah, saying with your chest. Would that be Chest, <laughs> Mister um, um, Yellow Stash? Um, yeah, man, this is coming from for me personally. Someone who's always like, I've always loved AB. I've always been a big supporter of him. And, when, and during his his antics, you know, whenever he would get, um, you know. Um, penalized by the league for doing excessive celebrations and just being him. man. I always I always loved who he was as a player and his flashiness. But, you know, coming over the last couple of years, we've come to find out how the guy really is. And he uh, has shown us true colors over the last couple of seasons. And a lot of the things that have come out and been said about him have been um, damn near proven to be true um, and have been shown by not only other people or said by other people, but him exposing himself as such a things. Um, so I don't know if any of you really saw that what I'm actually talking about on Twitter. Pretty much, he got into a little um back and forth with a fan on Twitter. Yeah, the professional athletes on Twitter having a back and forth with fans. Whoa! Um, supposedly, you know, there was things being said about his character from this said person, and he proceeds, and then they're talking about. I guess the fan was talking about Juju. Um, possibly being better than him or the, the favorite of the team or so on, blah, blah, blah. I don't even know why he's entertaining the thoughts of these things from, from you know, average Joes. Um, and then he proceeds to go on to dispute with someone over Twitter about Juju and then how continues to talk about how Juju fumbled on a big play that cost him a big playoff spot. Um, I believe Juju even commented on that. Didn't yeah, he? and that's what I'm saying. Juju then responds, because to begin with, let me start off, beginning with, Antonio Brown's been pushing the message about keeping your emotions off the internet, right? This is before. And then, and then after these posts about keeping your emotions off the internet, Antonio Brown proceeds to go on Twitter and have these back and forth, heated back and forth with random fans. And then, and then he decides to throw Juju under the bus for no reason when Juju was never even in the conversation. (laughs) This is an age vet, you know, an all time great on Twitter doing this and then proceeds to talk about how Juju fumbled on a big play and cost them a game. Um, and then Juju, um, obviously comes in and responds with all due respect. I mean, he has every right to, he's, his name's being thrown out there without him being in the conversation. So he came across it and then obviously, uh, responded with keep your emotions off the internet, you know, just kind of reposting what Antonio Brown's been pushing, you know, to kind of give him a taste of his own medicine and preach what he's been preaching. Um, and then Antonio Brown then proceeds to, um, post a DM message that Juju had sent him when Juju was in college in USC reaching out to Antonio Brown before he was even in the league talking about oh I look up to you man blah 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 if you can give me any pointers blah 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 much respect I love you you're one of my idols yeah, yeah 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 Antonio Brown posts that as if that's some kind of diss to Juju I just don't I don't really understand how that's that just made him
0: look more like a right.
1: dick It made him look like and that's it's, it's that's what I'm saying when I'm getting to how he's exposing himself as yes. these things that he's been accused of he's making he's making He's putting the spotlight on himself to expose himself, and he doesn't even know it. So um, I think AB realizes he lost favoritism with with that franchise and understands that Juju was the MVP, the most valuable player on that team, and moving forward. And and that's why he was pushing to get out of there now because he was no longer the favorite child, and he couldn't handle it. And uh, all I want to say now is, I mean, good luck in Oakland. Uh, where careers go to die. Um, you've picked the absolute worst time to be in the AFC West. <laughs> um, so with that, Antonio Brown, you can go ahead and... Uh, Hold this out.
2: Motherfucker! I'm just, I'm, I'm, I like that because horrible, man. I, I posted when I saw him t- uh, screenshot that message from Juju back in his USC days. I, yeah, I don't I, I understand it. <laughs> I literally said, man, you know what? I've loved Antonio Brown
1: since I so remember, petty, but
2: fuck Antonio
1: Brown. Right. Like straight up. Yeah. I like, see even, that.
2: Was You're, it the caption was like a mic? Yes. Mic, like a he, mic drop? He, I'm like, I don't yeah. think, yeah. I, wow. I don't think Antonio Brown realizes how stupid he looks and how he's totally
1: he, ruining his reputation. He's man. handled
2: yes. how horribly he's handed this offseason. And it's just, it's so embarrassing. I, am actually embarrassed for Antonio Brown because he had so many opportunities to do the right thing in this. And still like you could have left the Steelers and still look like a good guy. You could have still like maintained your image and people would still love you and everything like that. If it would
0: just stayed quiet, nobody would have. Honestly, bad honestly,
2: it's not the, the vocality of it's fine. It's yeah. it's the way he handled it. Like his vocality is being vocal about stuff that you were frustrated with is okay. It's the fact that he was creating problems is the problem. Yeah. That's the thing. You, going at Juju Smith Schuster, who's one of the nicest people in the NFL, a humble kid who was reaching out to you. Great. It just makes no sense right. at all. And, and, and I'm so glad you gave him that L because if you, wouldn't have I would have changed mine and yeah. gave it to him because that's just I, the way. I, like I said, I'm sorry if this offends anybody for saying, but fuck Antonio Brown. It man. sucks, man. Like you said, like just for a, me, it an sucks because I've
1: always, I mean, never was I a fan of many players from the Steelers, but I loved Antonio Brown, man. I have loved what the 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 product that he would always give us on the field. I mean, he had
2: 15 touchdowns last season. We're not right. talking about he
1: is a top five all time wide receiver, and it's just he
2: had 15 touchdowns last season. We're not even talking about right, that's just right. insane. So
1: now he's stuck in Oakland, so.
2: In order to dry out an out-and-in field in Ridgefield, Connecticut, someone poured a whole lot of gasoline over it and set it ablaze. (laughs) Authorities said it could cost more than $50,000 in repair to damage done, per the Ridgefield Press. Six to eight inches of, quote, gas-soaked oil, unquote, had to be removed from the field Saturday night and Sunday morning following the fire. In addition to large uncontrolled fires from being highly recommended, pouring gallons and gallons of gasoline into the oil is not good for the environment. They have a video on here from uh, uh, at Amity Norton uh, showing the field maintenance that's being done. They're actually setting the field on fire to try and dry (laughs) it because of the games they needed to play. But there was rain in the forecast previous to dry up the field. The unnamed person or persons who started the fire used 25 gallons of gas. Not enough. uh, Even Wiley Coyote would probably say that's overkill. First selectman Rudy McConey. Uh, Marconi, I'm sorry, told the paper that 75 to 100 people saw the event happen and many recorded it on their mobile phones. Quote, the base path, the dirt on the field was set and it was evident that they could, uh, they'd have to relocate or cancel because of the conditions. Some had the idea that putting gas, some had the idea to put gas on the surface, let it burn and dry up in water and water and make burn. the field playable, he said. Quote, again, <laughs> unfortunately, it was not a very good idea in theory. It sounded plausible, I guess to those who participated no one has been charged in the incident oh my god They
0: have to be charged
2: i, I don't even know if i really need to go into this i could just say hold this l right now because that is I, i'm sorry to say this but th- it amazes me how many stupid people that off the weed it just it uh, soaks the gasoline it, like what <laughs> they just thought it was gonna sit on the top of it like what the, like insane. you don't understand yeah that's what i was talking to remember i was talking about this a couple days when we first heard this story i'm like it isn't like you put this in Tupperware. Like soil <laughs> absorbs things. Like you can't just put it on there and go, it's gas. Hey. It's now, it's gas flammable. Now, now, I will say this before anybody jumps my, you know, jumps my ass because of this. You actually can use certain amounts of gasoline to dry yeah. fields and dirt and things like that. Yes, I've Not seen it. Not 25 gallons. Like I don't know how, like go, 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 who go, go, came go, go, up go, go, with the genius go, 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 go. idea? Like, was it the dude that came out of the bar at like 1130 in the morning? So, Hey, let's fucking put the, uh,
1: I got a life hack for gas. you. I got, you got know, a life like, hack for there's
2: you. just matches and gas. Like gas. I don't understand how they, that, that became a thing. So, gas trick. so I'm not going to, I'm not going to expand on it anymore. The, the story itself explained how dumb this was. So the people of Ridgefield, Connecticut that helped, with this burning of a field, why don't you go ahead and hold on to this flaming L? So, guys, let's go ahead and say it. Hold, hold this, this flaming, flaming L. L. Yeah. <laughs> flaming. Hot. It was a hot L. Super hot. Burning. Eddie gave us a shit. <laughs> Trevor gave us a psychopath with a Hulk Colgan mustache. Egotistic Mania, And I yep. gave you a flaming L. This has been this has been a good night. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I'll, the best ones we've had. I'll go out on a limb, and we've kept our streak alive. Nine straight weeks of not similar L's or handing the same L. I, I, I will say this, though, guys. Um, we do have a really cool announcement, very exciting announcement about next week. Uh, as you guys know, we've had several uh, guests in the past. Come on. Uh, we actually have a very high-profile guest coming on next week. We are very excited about it. My guy. Donald somebody, Trump. Yeah. <laughs> The spoken podcast is great. It's gonna be, it's huge. Gonna be huge. It's gonna be good. I'm gonna
1: play you guys podcast. on the walls.
2: No, no, no. Seriously, though. Been... We are very excited. We, we are very, live. very excited about this. We are going to have a draft analyst, lead draft analyst from Arrowhead Pride, Kent Swanson, on oh, our man, show can't next wait week. For that. It's Hell gonna yeah, be man. a blast. This guy drops knowledge like crazy. We're all gonna feel
1: really stupid in here. Right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, Kent, if, if, Ken, Ken, if you're listening to this,
2: if kent sleep, Kent, if you're listening to this, man, uh in advance. We're so sorry.
1: We're gonna need to get can't really drunk.
2: <laughs> We're so sorry. We're gonna have to give you tons of beers, yeah. bro. So that way you can maybe dumb down a little bit so you can come down to our level. Cause it's I don't even know why you're wasting your time with us, but thank you so much for coming on a show in we advance. Appreciate you, man. Huge so shout out. It's gonna be a blast. Sure. We're looking forward to that. Uh in the meantime, until next episode, guys, until the next episode, it's Game of Thrones week. That's all I know. I don't know if Damn. you guys saw my shirt, but I'm throwing yeah, a, say got that, that Jon Snow on, dude. Be ready for
0: Sunday. No spoilers. Hey, I just got caught up. What was it on Tuesday? In I season believe. one. I, I went from season one through season <laughs> seven and, and I finally am all Can't caught wait, up. Man. And, and I'm so fucking excited. Mm. It it's only been a week for me, not even a week. And I can't wait. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how you guys did it for a year and a half. Man, dude. well,
2: I lost all my hair on my head. So if yeah. that makes you feel any better, I was stressing this whole time. And <laughs> all I'll say, I'm no spoilers, guys, but just remember R plus L equals J. So all my all my Game of Thrones fans knows my what Lord. that means. <laughs> it's uh, it's about the prince that was promised. I'm really excited about this. It's only six episodes, so we're gonna have to really savor this. But it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. So, and that, guys. I am Lance Twidwell for Eddie Ortiz <laughs> for Trevor Tool for all of our sponsors, uh, uh, Modern Supply Company, Modern Man Supply Company, Casey Hemp Company, Casey Hard Goods, Midcoast Modern, Wasteland Society, Commandeer Deer Brand. Uh, they, the list goes on. These support guys have all been locals, great to us. Yes, support the local companies thank out there. You, that's why we. You. That's why we have them. That's why they have us. We're so grateful. And for Clay Windler for always helping us with his productions, with his uh, producing. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. We're looking forward to doing this more often. It's going to be episode ten. And it's going to be great. We're going to set that off a blaze, guys, with Kent Swanson. Like I said, we're looking forward to that. The season finale for us. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Well, this thing's just getting started. So, in yep. that, thank you guys so much for listening to this. We really, really appreciate all of you guys. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Give me some rating Spotify, and review. Rate and review, yes. You can follow us on Spotify, uh, Stitcher, uh, Radio Republic, pretty much anywhere you can Apple find podcasts. podcasts. Yes, you can absolutely yep. find us. Uh, follow Eddie Ortiz on Twitter, uh, Ortiz816. Trevor, treviathon 89 I am at Lance, the spoken and our Twitter account is actually the spoken PC. So definitely follow us on there. Get on Facebook, join us on uh, our Facebook group, the spoken. Let's talk some sports guys. But until then, we'd love to hear from you, but until then we're out of this bitch. Later. See ya. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening guys. See ya.
1: You are tuned into the
2: spoken. I might actually stick, I might actually stick around for a little bit.